Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Stacks. This is Jay. And I'm Sarshana. <laughs> when you meet Sarshana, pray for your own death, or just pray that they stop talking. So, weird title, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, like, Sartana is our hero. He, uh, Question he's mark. our protagonist. We'll, we'll, he is our protagonist. Uh, <laughs> he's the one uh, we're, I guess he, we're following him? He's our parallel to the man with no name. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. he has a name. And he he's... <laughs> uh, he's, he's a guy. He's yeah, a character. Well, like, where, where Clint Eastwood, as the man with no name became sort of the archetypal anti-hero, the original Western anti-hero, Sartana just kind of strips away the hero part of it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's just anti. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same movie. Otherwise, it's just with a guy who comes in who just has not even the shreds of moral <laughs> that the other guy has. He doesn't even really help the grave digger. digger. He just decides not to kill him as well yeah he he sort of befriends him and there's like one point where he protects him uh but it's also a point where he's involved with just like cheating everyone else uh and they have a few conversations about that and this movie does kind of seem legitimately philosophical in respect to uh capital and rugged capitalism I, I feel like it, it, at least in a couple moments and just it's unbelievably violent. Like this it's is so violent. Like, so, uh. you know, there, there's those two big massacres in uh, in Fistful of Dollars. And I really feel like this whole movie is a riff on Fistful of Dollars. But it, like it's, it's so it took me a while to realize it, but it's so similar. It hits a lot of the same beats, except extremely amped up because like this yeah. is a few years later this is i think four yeah four years after that and it's like things need to be amped up quite a bit more now uh and like just so many headshots which was such a shock to me because i'm so used to not seeing blood or like just people having gunshot wounds yeah. in a western movie and it, like just people getting shot in the head you don't see happen yeah, normally they just spin around and fall off of the the ledge. Yeah, ledges are a big one. But yeah, well, there's a lot of that here. There are some ledges. So, what regards like the the parallels to Fistful, it it feels like a stripped down version of that. Just like no morals left. Like we uh, we yeah. we've moved well past the anti-hero let's look at a guy who just isn't a hero at all <laughs> he's just in it for himself he's uh, just the coolest have... guy <laughs> he, yeah he he's oh god he's so cool we don't even have like the uh the the grounding of like the innocent characters who are being affected by all the games that all these different people are playing there are there's like nobody is redeemable really in this there are no innocents. There's just the gravedigger who's doing his day to day and everybody else is a cheat. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so this opens, or, or I, I should mention, uh, 
1968, as I said, I, I think that's four years after Fistful, uh, by director Gianfranco Perlini. Uh, we're watching the Arrow disc from the complete Sartana box, which is pretty rad. Yeah, and uh, some of the titles. So we have, of course, When You See Sartana, Pray for Your Death. Um, then we've got I am Sartana, your angel of death. Sartana's here. Trade your pistol for a coffin. <laughs> Have a good funeral, funeral, my friend. Sartana will play, or will pay, rather. And light the fuse. Sartana is coming. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a certain theme. And it's they're, they're all very dramatic titles. But it's sort of weird, the pray for your death. You don't need to pray. Yeah, see, you don't really have to ask him to kill you. He'll just do it. Like, whether you want him to or not. <laughs> Bar one single individual with the speaking line. Everybody he comes into contact with dies. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I found out um, very early on as I was watching this movie is I don't need to keep track of a lot of characters because only like three of them survive past their initial scene. Just so many massacres, like every moment where Fistful had a fight, this has an entire massacre. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, wow, those are the two big massacres in Fistful of Dollars. And then watching this, there's three in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, so it, it opens with this really great long shot through a heat haze of Sartana just approaching somewhere through the desert. Now, Sartana has a really, I really love his outfit. It's great. He looks like, like a gothic cowboy. He's of. very Dracula-esque. He's got that Dracula cape. Uh, also kind of an anime vibe. Like a, oh, a modern, like a, a Western anime, because like, especially when he first introduces himself uh, shortly after this, there there's he strikes a pose with his shotgun over his shoulder and his hat tilted forward. And it feels <laughs> like a manga introduction of a character. Oh, it's, yes. Uh, I forgot about that. But yeah, it totally does. And this and yeah, this would have predated all of that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we start with these two elderly folks, uh, very unlucky, riding inside a stagecoach. Oh, yeah. We find out their names are so-and-so and who cares. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter because they're not going to be around for long. The lady's like, she's really worried. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned about our cargo. And the old guy's like, oh, you know, they've, they've got a guy guarding us. They always do. Don't worry. And then he's immediately shot dead. <laughs> And then, like, it cuts up to the outlaws on the ridge, including Klaus Kinski as Morgan. Uh, he's oh, the throwing knife guy. The throwing knife guy. Oh, watch out for this guy. He's going to be a real threat later on. You'd think. <laughs> you uh, would think. <laughs> so, like, they're firing down at these people. Uh, we just see the old lady falling dead from the coach just from afar. And then the, the guard and driver both. Like, just... <laughs> Like, wow, these people are just being completely iced. I'm like, well, okay, so that's that's one little mini massacre down. <laughs> yeah, and one of the guys in the wagon kills the other people in the wagon. Oh, that's that's later on. That's oh, a later, that's later massacre. Oh, that's a this is just massacre. these two. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so like the, everyone in Kinski's gang, except Kinski or Morgan, rather, they all ride down to rob the coach. And this is when Sartana makes his first appearance. Like he steps on a branch and then everyone swivels to like have him perfectly posed to like, <laughs> like, look at me, guys. I'm spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of them says, you look like a scarecrow. And he says, I'm your pallbearer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, um, he, he's like, uh, he reminds me of. What I imagine John Wick was like before any of the movies, when he actually did the assassination gig. Yeah, like an old West John Wick. I, I'd say yeah. that's fairly accurate because he's just laying waste to these guys. Because like right away, he has this really cool little four shot pistol, which I don't understand how it works, but it's extremely cool. It's like a high tech James Bond gadget in the old West. It really does look like that. Yeah. Um, I don't it's tiny and I I don't understand how it works, but I guess it does. Yeah, because he shoots four of them with this, like just in a row, just bang, 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 bang. Uh, and then like pulls he, he gets the grabs the shotgun from over his shoulder and gets the other two like instantly. He has just murdered six dudes. Yep. And so we are three minutes in. <laughs> and massacre two just happened yeah so let, let me let me count it down we we had the two elderly people in the stagecoach their guard uh the coach driver and now these six guys so that's 10 people dead in the first three minutes <laughs> <laughs> yep wow uh, so then Kinski is given away because, like, the sun flashes off a buckle or maybe the gun sight. Yeah, yeah. So he can't quite snipe Sartana. Sartana ducks behind a coach and they both get away, uh, which is a rare thing. Someone getting away in this movie. <laughs> oh, he'll get his. And so really mellow theme music. I, I enjoy the music in this movie. It's it's quite a bit more chill than the stuff in uh, Morricone's uh uh, dollars scores uh -huh. yeah it's it's a different feel altogether uh i noticed klaus kinski's name is misspelled in the credits with a y instead of an i at the end oh jeez. special appearance by klaus kinski <laughs> for two scenes <laughs> yeah he's got another one coming up so I, one thing with with the beginning of this, when we like during the credits, we're frequently seeing Sartana playing with his like dreidel with card suits on it. Yeah, it's like a spinning I... top and there's car the suits of the cards are on each side of it. Yeah, well, it's it's but it's a cylinder, though. It doesn't really have sides, but yeah, it, it looks like a dreidel or a top. Part He's just me, playing with really... it all the time. Yeah, and we never really find out until the end what it actually is. Yeah, of course, it is a, another Bondian gadget, which I guess is one of the trademarks of this series, which is kind of rad. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting way to go in an Old West series. Uh, although I guess Wild Wild West would have been going on around this time as a TV series, which was also kind of doing that. I don't know when that started. I've never seen the original series. I didn't know there was an original. I just immediately started going, Wild Wild West. 
yeah well like the original theme is kind of i i oh i can't even remember but yeah it's it's a weird i think it was more of a 70s tv show but yeah the, that movie is a remake of the tv series i just can't hear the words wild west anymore without thinking of oh wild, yeah wild no. west i completely agree <laughs> it's totally overtaken it in the cultural memory yeah it's a good thing they're called spaghetti westerns and not spaghetti wild wild westerns. <laughs> uh, that so, would just have ruined a genre right there. Ugh. So in town, we see another massacre getting set up. <laughs> so there's there's another coach being loaded up and there's just a bunch of people all kind of like gathered around the town square watching it being loaded up with like the the interest of a hyena. <laughs> <laughs> These people know what happens in this town, I guess. Well, if yeah, you're on like, a coach, you're going to die. Yeah, and especially we have three obvious rich baddies who are just oh, like God. in a the, huddle together. <laughs> the, the obvious villains. So we've uh, got... The, the, sorry, you, yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so there's the new mayor, uh, uh, Ewell. Uh, Jeff Stuhl. Stuhl. Yeah, Stuhl. Yeah. Stuhl. Uh, Stu Al, like S-T-E-W-A-L. Very strange name. And most yeah. people just call him Stuhl yep. instead of Jeff, except his uh, girlfriend. girlfriend. One of his girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> they, the, everybody's, everybody in this group is sleeping with everybody, but we'll get to that. <laughs> They're all scum. Everybody is just trying to get the gold for themselves. Nobody is working They're... together with anyone else. They're working together, but everyone is stabbing everyone in the back. It's like if the Decepticons were just Starscream, like yeah. three Starscreams. They're just all bad. Everyone's bad. <laughs> and it's amazing that these people got anything done, even because even without Sartana, nobody would have got anything. Yeah. So there's also our typical fat banker, Almond. Yep. And then there's our puffed-up Generalissimo, uh, whose name is much too long for me to remember, but the main one is Tempico, General Tempico. Tempico, he is always drunk and eating... Like, an entire turkey! <laughs> an entire t he's always eating an entire turkey and super drunk. Uh, this guy. He's like Cobra Commander. <laughs> but racist! Uh, fucking turkey dinner <laughs> so like they, they watch this coach being loaded up and then four riders are chasing the coach right out of town already <laughs> and like they've also planted a guy on the inside in the coach roy this young dude right so yeah so i was getting my coach massacres mixed up yeah they're they're really close together <laughs> Uh, so there's him, there's a priest, there's just this well-dressed lady in her, like, 30s, I guess, or 40s, and there's some dude who's just asleep. Right, the sleeping, this is the one with the sleeping guy. Yeah, and the, they're being chased already when they leave town, and then there's a bunch of bandits waiting on the ridge, uh, and someone calls out that this is Moreno's gang. We... Do we ever find out who Moreno is while he's alive? Well, I he's think... one of these guys. 
He's what? Yeah, I guess it doesn't. He like, must. Well, yeah, he's. I, I'm sure we we see specifically which one he is when his watch is taken off his body. Right. We would have to because <laughs> yeah, the world's loudest watch. Oh, this watch gets so much mileage in this movie. <laughs> uh. So like there there's his group. They're they're this group of bandits and they're waiting on a ridge and the guys chasing start firing and so do Moreno's gang at the front and at the first I wasn't sure if the guys in the back were guards who were shooting at the gang but no they were all just shooting at the the coach they were all like going after the coach uh everybody was here to rob and kill these people <laughs> those four people on that co- three people on that coach must have been the only non-villains in this town somehow like this is just crime town where anybody trying to leave is murdered for whatever they're leaving with yep and like so they they cut to inside the coach as all of this gunfire is happening around it and the lady starts to panic and she's pleading with roy to save them and he's like oh okay and he draws his gun and he just kills everyone inside <laughs> <laughs> So so we're at a kill count of like 17 or 16 now. Yeah, it's it's got to be up there because there's like the two people on top of the coach driving and the guy riding shotgun. So that's, you know, another five right there. <laughs> we're going to lose track real quick. Yeah, no, it's it's impossible to keep track because there's, I, I think, like three more massacres in the next five minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes and, then, and yeah like another three massacres until the movie finally slows down for a couple seconds yeah so uh the the gang they take this box that's on the back and they're like the gold general tampico will be pleased <laughs> so we know moreno's gang is working for general tampico already so it's like okay those guys who looked like the bad guys absolutely are the bad guys yep this must this must be our main thugs who sartan is gonna have to contend with oh no they're gonna die too because then our another main bad guy and i have in my notes third question mark (laughs) (laughs) because i was thinking you know morgan for sure probably a major bad guy (laughs) maybe probably (laughs) and then is Sartana a major bad guy? Uh, maybe. Uh, but now we have Lasky, uh, another competing bad guy, uh, who is our our headshot dude. <laughs> and he just snipers the entire gang. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And this is where we get, like, a couple pretty sick headshots. When I was just, like, really shocked. I was like, wow, this guy is just stumbling backwards with a shot in his head. That's something you really don't see in a Western very often. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think one of those guys is Moreno. And then... Yeah. Sorry, go Must ahead. Be. Must okay. be. Okay. Uh, so Roy comes out of the of uh, the the, uh, the coach... And he, he like has a little friendly greeting with Lasky, like, oh, yeah, we're old buds. And then Lasky shoots him in the head, too. <laughs> so so Lasky, uh, he has kind of a unique looking outfit. It's like all like a brown corduroy. It looks 
it looks like he's wearing bell bottoms kind of and he's got like the shoulder length blonde hair that for some reason reminds me of like i know it's not owen wilson but uh the, the other guy in dumb and dumber with like the felt tuck or the not the jeff felt, daniels the, jeff daniels yeah with a pastel tuxedo yeah. this guy looks like he's cripping off that style and it's a weird look. He's he's kind of a hippie cowboy in a, in a yeah, strange sort he, of way. Yeah, he's got like a straw hat looking thing. He 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 looks like a guy from the seventies playing at being a cowboy. Yeah, and this movie does have much more of a seventies exploitation flavor uh, than you get from most westerns of this era. Because like this is sixties still, but it does have more of that later sixties harder flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But this guy just I, – I didn't think that this was going to be our main uh, antagonist rival person. Lasky? Yeah, uh, until he ended up surviving the scene. Right, <laughs> which doesn't and happen. And it's like, oh, he, he lived, so he's going to be a problem. Well, it's it's kind of surprising when Roy immediately goes down and that, like, it's just his own guy who kills him anyway, <laughs> just for the yeah. hell of it. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Lasky pointedly, he snorts some coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and, like, his little gang leave with the box. Uh, and this is when Sartana, who just was lurking nearby for some reason, and he finds Moreno's dead body and takes the pocket watch, which plays a, a tune you will hear frequently in this film. This watch has like better amplification speakers than uh, like Woodstock. I mean, I guess it must have been a lot quieter in the Old West. There weren't any machines running anywhere. I guess. But I mean, you can still have wind blowing and true. I mean, horses there's galloping wind. and people talking. This is this is an Old West pocket watch. How loud can it be? <laughs> I mean, it's too well, goddamn loud, it's apparently. It's so loud. You can hear it, like, across a valley. Uh, and then we, we cut to Tampico. This is the first time that we see him eating an entire turkey. Or maybe it's just a large chicken. Uh, but just, like, but multiple times. Time. Oh, no, several times. Every Pretty much every scene that he's in after yeah. this. Yeah, it's his thing. If he's at his lair, he's going to be eating an entire turkey. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm only guessing that they just, uh, when he goes to have his uh, Legion of Doom meetings, they make him leave the turkey outside the door. Keep his, <laughs> he can keep his guns, but not the turkey. No. So he receives news that his guys just didn't show up with the gold. Uh, and he's he's pretty pissed off about that. Uh, and right. then we, we see Lasky's gang stopping in a canyon to open the box and Lasky massacres all of them with a chain gun. <laughs> yep. And then and then he opens the box and it's just rocks in there. He's just and he's just his reaction is just like He's like, like well it's a living. This happen. <laughs> and th so this is this is the 15 minute point still like not yeah. even that's so, how many so massacres we've already had <laughs> not only have i lost count of how many people have died i've lost count of how many massacres have happened yeah just i, I think that was what another. five or six uh something like that at least 
three, like more than three. More than three. It it's kind of depends less how you divide than them up. Seven. <laughs> There's more than three massacres and less than seven in the first fifteen minutes of Sartana. Like yeah, it goes really really hard. And then, of course, we cut into town for a funeral procession. It's like, God, who could it be for? Because everybody is already fucking dead. <laughs> well, but this it's a, is apparently for the for the old mayor. The previous mayor. They're the previous mayor. Now, is he one of the people who was in a wagon? He could have been the old guy at the start. I I don't think he was... Uh, like it, it wouldn't make sense for him to like he could have potentially been the sleeping guy in the second one, but that would or be weird. Is this just yet another person who died from an off-screen massacre? I would have to assume he's another off-screen death. <laughs> like prior to the movie starting, uh, he has yeah, died. I feel like they don't really talk about how he died. No one really talks about trying to find out who's responsible for his death. Right. That's not part of it. So maybe he died of maybe he managed to live long enough to die of illness. Well, it kind of seems like his death sort of set all of this in motion because his death is is really important to their whole plan. Uh, like how they're dealing with how they're storing the gold and how they're transferring this gold. I already have lost track of who actually has the gold. Yeah, it's not it's it's sort of hazy here. I think actually no, I I know exactly where the gold is at this oh, point and you know the what? rest of the time cuz it is the in gold one hasn't place. Moved. Yeah, the You're the right. gold is is just sticking right in one place the whole movie uh so secretly. Who originally put it there? I I, I guess we'll get to it. Yeah, I would have to say that it was Alman who was in control all the time, and he was just kind of moving everybody else around the board most of the time. Yeah, it would have to be that, because no one else seemed to... Nobody seemed to know where it was. Yeah, and he was always pretty assured, uh, but also never really taking the lead in any of the discussions, just kind of sitting back and watching all of it, which makes him arguably the main bad guy in the movie. <laughs> uh, well, I th he is the last one of the Legion of Doom to survive. That is true. Uh, so there, there's this funeral procession, uh, and we see very significantly the widow exchanging smiles with the new mayor. There's obviously <laughs> yep. something going on there. <laughs> And we have Tampico making a really big show of saluting the dead mayor, who he spends more time reciting his titles than he does saying anything about the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He loves ruling, reeling off all his titles in this movie. His titles and his names and it's it's all got to be made up. He, he wears so many medals on his uniform. Oh, yeah. And most of these are probably completely made up. They don't have they don't have the risk. He doesn't show them the respect he would show if they were real medals, because like he's no. spilling booze on his or or whatever kind of alcohol on his shirt all the time. And just like chicken or turkey leaving because he's just like a messy turkey eater. crumbs. Uh, so uh, and then we, we see. 
uh, all of them meeting up in the mayor's office, uh, Stuhl's office. Uh, Allman is already hanging out there, and Lasky shows up to demand $5,000 from them. Because I guess Lasky was working for this group, too. So they've already started stabbing each other in the back before this is even really before the movie started. Right. Because like here already, he's like, I want five thousand dollars. And like our agreement was for two thousand. He's like, I don't care. I want five thousand. <laughs> uh, like, well, you're a swine. He's like, if I were a swine, I'd ask for ten thousand. Like, fine. We'll fucking give you the money, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I, I guess they just have to give him the money or that he's going to kill them. They 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 are in a bit of a fix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Such is the business of this town. Uh, and then we see Sartana visiting the bar and joining the card game. And he just like really shows off his bankroll. He's just got stacks, got fat stacks. Uh, yep. He. He shows off his incredible shuffling skills. He's clearly a bit of a card shark. Uh, he catches Lasky cheating and makes him stop. Yeah, he's got a little uh, a shiny uh, cigarette box where so he can see the cards that pass over it. Yeah, really clever. And Sartan is like, it's too shiny. It bothers my eyes. Yeah, and he, like, pointedly makes it impossible for Lasky to have seen any of the cards that came to him. Mm -hmm. Because I think he cheats himself. Like, I think he then cheats to win this one hand, because it's the only hand he participates in, which makes it extra suspicious. Yeah, and Lasky's also got, like, the... the woman uh, watching from the balcony... Although I'm not sure how her whole thing works, but she's obviously helping him cheat. Yeah, she's looking at some of the other people's cards for sure and like giving him signals. Uh, yeah. And she she works with him a couple times in the movie. You know, I think she survives. I, you know, I, don't, I think she does. I yeah. think she does. As, as another workaday individual like the gravedigger, she is allowed to live. <laughs> Well, we assume she lived. The movie just kind of stops following her after a while. That is true. We we do hear about people that we do know in this movie get killed off screen later on, but we'll get there. <laughs> yep. But like first it's so in the middle of the the uh game, Dusty, the gravedigger, which I guess this is our introduction to him. Uh he gets in someone's face and someone starts a fight with him and Sartan is like, "Stop. He's my friend." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? You've he's already like, done he? the befriend the gravedigger thing? Wait, am I just assuming he's the gravedigger? Oh, he is. Yeah, he's absolutely the gravedigger. Of course he he's is. A, he looks like... <laughs> he looks like he's a gravedigger. He looks like that guy from uh, Fistful. Yeah. Kind like of. They, they, they've cast a type. Yeah. And then, like, Sartana does a whole thing, and he he foxes everyone out. He gets everyone to bet all of their money, just huge, huge pile of money. And then he wins everything with uh, Royal Flush, all hearts. And it's really, yeah. honestly, incredibly suspicious. He's the one who dealt. It's his first hand. He just stepped in, bet all of the money. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, and I... He probably cheated. <laughs> yeah, everybody walks away from the table, like, simultaneously. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, 
something's going to happen here. And of course, everybody <laughs> follows him out except Lasky. Lasky has seen a bit of his, or I think Lasky is already getting an idea of who this guy is or kind of his caliber. Yeah, I don't think he saw Sartana do one of the massacres, but right, he, he can tell. Yeah, one one can spot one's own. So they're like, you didn't give us a chance to win back our money. And it's like, guys, you got up and walked walked off the table. I'm sure he would have loved to deal another hand. Well, I, I guess they were all out of money. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's be hard well, for them to have buy back to complain in. About. Yeah, they should be I complaining that he cheated, not that. Uh, yeah, I oh, feel well. like it's just if they make that claim, it's it's a bit more of a dangerous claim. Mm. It's harder to prove, but uh, you know, if it's an open threat, it's like, hey, just come back here, and then maybe they can get the drop on him and shoot him anyways, because that's what you do in this town—you just kill people. Well, Sartana has figured that out very quickly, or that was his nature, and he just fits right in here. Yeah, because he immediately kills all four of them with all his mini pistol. Yeah, his his same four shot mini pistol, which is super cool. <laughs> so cool. And then Lasky just comes out and leans on a railing. He's like, shit, that could have been me. He's like, what if I was number five? Uh, but like, I, I feel like he's also kind of like, well, you, you've got those four shots. Uh, what what if what would you have done if there was a fifth person here? Because I was at that table, too. He's like, prodding him. Point. And you know what? <laughs> Sartana has an answer for that. He does. <laughs> We don't he's, know that answer. His his gadgets have extra layers in them. They're, they're... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I didn't know I was getting, like, a gadget gun until yeah. the very end of the movie. Uh, and then, so, the, the next day, a gang of riders follow Sartana out. And, like, he rides out towards the massacre location and loses them. And hilariously they find one of these guys who's shot in the head and they're like Lasky's been here (laughs) (laughs) one guy could do headshots one guy just always does headshots maybe it's just considered disrespectful this is why you don't see it in most of these movies (laughs) maybe and then, of course, Lasky starts shooting them as well, because Lasky also followed them out and he starts sniping them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who these people are that are dying. No who clue. Cares? <laughs> he gets two of them and then they they chase him off. And there's this really hilarious moment where it pans up and just like Sartana is just on top of this hill in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like when they, they all ride past and like it just pans <laughs> up to have him there and it's like, he would have been really obvious there. Like, if this had all been one static long shot, that would have looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, should we be doing this? I mean, Sartana's right there. Are you sure that's him? It's... Well, he has a pretty distinctive silhouette. Yeah, he's you're right. He's just being spooky on top of the hill, so I guess it's like, ah, eh. because he doesn't do anything here. He's just, you know, checking things out. Well, yeah, I guess it's only if you meet him that you have to pray for death. And they they didn't meet him. Well, and it's weird because it seems like they were chasing him initially, but now they're chasing Lasky because Lasky started shooting at them. (laughs) (laughs) I I already don't remember what last. Oh, yeah, he was following them. Everyone's just following everyone here. Well, everybody's trying to kill everyone else. Everybody's trying to get the money. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and so, like, Lasky goes into a cabin, and then everybody follows him in there and thinking they have him cornered, but he's already gone outside, and he dynamites the cabin from outside. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but then uh, uh, the watch starts playing and he's spooked and, and like takes off because I guess he thinks maybe Moreno is like somehow survived the massacre. And yeah, is, or maybe the ghost of Moreno's that. after him because I couldn't really under, I couldn't really figure out why he was spooked. It, it didn't feel like just, oh, shit, Moreno's alive kind of spook. It was more like, yeah oh, fuck, I've awakened the spirits of the dead kind of spook. Well, because like, he shot him in the head, right? I yeah. think Moreno got a headshot. So yeah. it's like, that can't be right. Because it's sort of the the trick that's played later on. Uh, again, like parallel to Fistful in, in terms of just like them setting up this thing. But <laughs> it's a bit of a weirder one. Yeah, because the the watch... Well, first of all, it's a watch that plays a music box tone when it's opened, and mm-hmm. it can apparently be heard across the valley over gunfights. Yeah, um, and he uses it a lot. Like, it, it's yeah. crazy how many times this watch comes up. Mm-hmm. And I just found Lasky's reaction to it a little weird. I agree. It, it's a little over the top. But I guess a lot of this movie is really heightened. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we did just have, like, we're just coming off of, like, 60 or 70 people getting killed. <laughs> so many deaths already. Uh, and most recently by dynamite. Yeah. And then, so then in town, we get Dusty and Sartana kind of getting to know each other a little bit. We we learn a bit about Dusty and his craft, uh, and that he's more of a sculptor. That That's his deal. He makes way better nicer coffins than the uh, fistful guy yes these are art this looks like this every scene that's in here made me feel like this was like a gothic western which i don't know if that's a thing but it is there's there are some of those and yeah this kind of is a gothic western with the idea that you know in his dracula cape and him being kind of ghostly where there are times when people think he's undead Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes where we're even maybe supposed to think that he could be undead, although it's really telegraphed how he how how he's not. Well, he survives a few too many hits that way, though, I guess. But it, it's also just, you know, the, this movie, it, it kind of relies on showing you something and showing you it and showing you it and then using it like it, yeah. it, it's it really just it, it has very simple setup and payoff <laughs> uh structure True. I, although although i didn't predict how he was gonna survive even though it's oh, the okay. exact same thing because <laughs> i was um, thinking about it right away i was like oh hey there's that the, the way that's shaped and then you know later on <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> no, it I happens a couple times even, yeah didn't even occur to me that he was just doing the fistful thing until right. it until it happens until he takes it off at the end. Uh, so Dusty is like, there he's telling Sartan about how lucky he is uh, to be Dusty's friend. He's like because people I like have the right to live. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as the grave digger, he has the right of uh, life and death in this town, and I, he's I he's chosen guess. death. 
He's chosen death <laughs> for most. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like maybe he's the audience surrogate in a weird sort of way. And it's just like he's not present at the end. He's he's just here to be entertained. Because uh, <laughs> like, be. you know, uh, as a Sartan is just entertaining God. Oh, <laughs> Oh yes, uh, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, so like they they go to the barber shop, which Dusty hates. He's so upset to be going to the barber shop instead yep. of being anywhere else drinking whiskey. <laughs> it just has this constant whiny monologue. It's like, oh, why do I have to be here in this barber shop listening to people talk? I want to go drink whiskey. Screw you! I hate you, Sartana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really hates the barber shop. I don't get it. But very importantly, uh, Sartana recognizes the little jingle bell on Kinski's, uh, uh, like that he has on the back of his boot. And I have no idea why he would have that jingle bell. It seems ridiculous to have that why for someone in his position. <laughs> How would he recognize it? Well, because um, he heard it in that opening massacre oh, when right, he saw right. the flash. And and he got away because so, he heard it jingle there. And but th okay. that's the thing. Why would you have that little jingle bell if you're someone who is regularly involved in assassinations and massacres? He even has a like a, a method for dealing with the sound of the jingle bells all ready to go. Like he's done this before. Why doesn't he take them off? Yeah. Why does he, why just does not he have, have it? Them? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's well, such a weird affectation. A well, yeah, and it it needed to be a way that it had to be in the script so that Sartana could recognize him and then follow the plot into uh, the the barber shop. You know, it's it's sort of a video game setup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so he recognizes the jingle bell, and that's why they're in the barber shop. And then Sartana basically retells the whole plot up to this point. So that everybody who's in the room, which includes Dusty and Morgan, uh, Kinski's character, as well as Lasky, although Lasky knows all of it as well already because he's been there yeah. for all of it. <laughs> yeah, well, Lasky well, should be the only one who knows all of it. But Sartana mentions that the box had rocks in it, which only Lasky should know about that. Right. Well, that that's what I mean. Lasky knows pretty much everything else. And then he also the what he does reveal to Lasky is that he's the one with the watch now. Yeah. And I'm surprised he plays that hand so early. Yeah, I everything about the watch is just kind of weird to me. It's very strange. They're just playing with it, like really wanting to get the most mileage out of it as a symbol. I guess, yeah. And then like uh he's uh, Lasky or Sartana leaves and Lasky sends uh, Morgan or Kinski to go uh, kill him with throwing knives because that's his thing. And he fills the jingle bell with shaving cream <laughs> so that it doesn't jingle. You can you can just take. Is he worried that if he takes off the jingle bell, somebody's going to steal them? I don't know. Why does he like, even have them? What's the use of it he... for him? <laughs> It's a very strange maybe, affectation. I don't maybe get it. it's like so that he can have a reputation. It's like if you hear the jingle bells, pray for your death. 
Yeah, he's in an alternate movie where he's the main bad guy. And and this is the Sartana series where, like, other series bad guys come to get mowed down. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about to happen. Yeah, so first we get Dusty showing off his workshop to Sartana. He's like, I call it the anteroom of the beyond. And he shows off his medal, which is very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's got this little medal of appreciation from, I don't know, his his school? Um, yeah, or or like, I don't know, maybe the Gravedigger's Guild. Not yeah, a Gravedigger's Guild, but I don't remember what it is. It's um, some kind of brass plaque, though. It's a brass plaque, but it's shaped round. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's just like a curved one that you'd like maybe mount on a pipe. <laughs> it's or, strange or that you would like uh attach to a headband and be a naruto character yeah exactly uh they have a really fun conversation about wealth and uh, uh sartan is like hey i mean it seems to me that the rich are still respected after death that is like yeah and they rip you off when they're alive <laughs> yep <laughs> and then kinski shows up he he announces himself throwing a knife and they chat a little bit, and then they have a battle. Yeah, Kinski's like, or Morgan, yeah, Morgan's like, I missed you on purpose, and I'm just thinking to myself, no, you didn't. Yeah, he's like, I don't like to uh, throw a knife when someone's back is turned. And uh, so, like, he's gonna, he's like, go ahead, turn your back, and then, like, he does a twirl because Kinski immediately throws another knife that get, just yeah. goes straight through a coffin. <laughs> yes so so they have a bit of a standoff uh shooting shooting each other in the thing and hiding uh, behind different hiding coffins behind and coffins stuff. uh and then uh kinski's behind one and sartana kicks over the front one and it, they all fall on him domino style yeah and, and somehow the one that he threw his first knife through is the one that he was closest to the one that he was hiding next to yeah, because that knife stabbed him. And Somehow. kills him. Somehow. Somehow. kills him, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, Rip Rip Kinski, it was a special appearance. Yep. <laughs> that was it. Yep. I was really surprised that's, by that. Yeah, that's the end of that guy. Uh, and then, like, we cut to another gang of just seven random guys riding in the desert. I was like, oh, this never goes well. <laughs> I think we might be heading into another massacre. <laughs> <laughs> massacre number seven eight? something like that and they're chasing sartana uh i don't know if it's because of the morgan thing it's, it's, or if it's chasing... just some randos chasing him like yeah, is it something that he does when he's not when he's not doing this it's like in a christmas story when they have like little interstitial scenes between school and home and they just like go in fast motion and like are being bullied and like it's just like that <laughs> it's like well here's seven guys chasing sartan in the desert on their way yeah. to be massacred <laughs> and like they they have sartana pinned down briefly and then he takes all of them out except lasky like lasky's in this group uh, and I swear it was seven folks when you see the shot of them all chasing him. And I am sure that I saw like nine guys get killed in the sequence. Well, <laughs> some of them might have got up and got killed again. Maybe. To make maybe. it seem like their numbers are greater. Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. 
And so there's just Lasky and Sartana, and Lasky confirms that Sartana wants half of the gold. Like, we're going to strike a deal. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that they seem to have actually struck a deal uh, based on later scenes, because you don't see them do that here. No, because they seem to try to kill each other anyways, or at least Sartana's sort of pinned down, but like he was... He he has the watch again, and he finds a cow skull, and somehow he sets up the watch to play in the cow skull later when he needs it when he's not near it. Yeah, I don't. I have no understand idea. Magical satanic powers. He, and he also does, he also does the thing um, where like you duck behind a hill and then you poke up your hat on a stick so that you yeah. shoot the hat. <laughs> he totally, totally does that. It works. Yep. And I guess, like, yeah, I don't really get how this is even resolved. Just Lasky, I guess, starts to feel outmaneuvered with the watch being somewhere different than the hat. (laughs) Because he's like, okay, I'll leave now. And he comes to report to Alman and Ewell. Uh, It's like, okay, so this Sartana guy, he knows everything. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? It was only supposed to be the three of us who know about the gold. Listen. Every fucking person knows about the gold. This this town is a leaky sieve. (laughs) We're all criminals. There's just no honor at all. (laughs) Yeah. And And there's a knock at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This this happens so much. Sartana Sartana also likes to play ding-dong ditch. With just like stuff or bodies or people or whatever. I, I like again, it's it's almost a cartoon. He has like this movie has a weird like cartoon energy. It has like these comic repetitions. <laughs> so like yeah, they there's just the box of rocks that <laughs> that had been found a couple times uh, is just yeah. waiting outside on the porch. And that thing must have been incredibly heavy. He's just gone. <laughs> How did he get it there? It doesn't matter. He cartooned it over, you know, he, he, he used an acme over. hole. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he is very Wiley Coyote-esque, honestly. Just really successful version. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Coyote's not allowed to win. Right. Maybe more Roadrunner. And Ewell's really pissed off now, and he's like, "Give me, uh, uh, okay, here, Lasky, I'll give you $5,000 more for Satana's body. Right, and then... Lasky's like, and then 10,000 for like the information or something. Right. Yeah. He's just ratcheting up the price at, at every chance just for fun. Well, and also because the Lasky gang is now Lasky. That's right. I just mean, him now. Yeah. Who's going to pay the who's going to pay the coffin maker for all those coffins? <laughs> Nobody. Are they, are they insured? I don't think so. And you don't want to piss off the coffee maker, apparently. Apparently, I mean, he's he's befriended the 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 Paul Bearer. <laughs> yeah. And then we have this weird moment where Almond's wife really obviously is like, "Hey, Ewell, you want to like get it on right now?" <laughs> She's like completely an earshot of Almond. He's yeah, just like Almond's across the room, kind of, like sipping his tea, like looking at them, and and Stuel's even like, "He's right here." He's like, the time isn't right, Evelyn. <laughs> God damn it, are you kidding me? And Hoffman's basically there, like, oh, don't mind me. It's like, do 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 do. I'm <laughs> stupid, apparently. 
and and like Ewell goes home and Jane, the mayor's widow, is waiting at his house. And it's like, I didn't want you to be here either. What's everybody doing? You goddamn women. <laughs> Man, Stool's just Stool. rolling in other people's wives. Yeah. And we do see them kiss. So we do know that there is an affair, even though he's annoyed that she's shown up. So he's sleeping with both of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, here we have then this is the scene where Sartana shows up at the bar again and we have the weird scene with the the prostitute who Lasky is friends with. Oh yeah. So like he wants her to take Sartana to her room. Yeah, but Sartana's like, "Well, no, my room's more comfortable." And she's like It's like, oh, "Well, okay." She's like, "I mean, it's her job." She's like, "Yeah, well, all right, yeah. whatever." And he very conspicuously locks eyes with Lasky as he's going towards his room instead. He's like, yeah, I know what you're up to, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to his room and he's got like this rope set up and she's all like, what is that? He's like, it's a trap. Oh, he's like, haven't you ever done it in a chair before? <laughs> he's like, you're weird. And she starts undressing and he's just like, yep, yep. And then it, just, it starts tying this rope to the chair and setting this thing up and like and then sits down in it, watches her undress. And she gives him a bunch of local gossip and he plays her the watch, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, she's like, oh, that's a song that Tampico is always singing. Yep. Yep. And then. Some dude just shows up in the window. <laughs> in the window, but that's okay because Sartana has set up a uh, a snare trap that's tied up to the rafter over, like like swung over the rafter and tied up to his rocking chair. So he rocks back to the ground and catches the guy in the friggin' Bugs Bunny trap. Yeah, and he's just like swinging around upside down. He's like, ah, no. Bumps into another guy who tries to break into the room. Through the door. Yeah. yeah. Then doesn't Sartana, he just shoots them both? He shoots the guy coming through the door, and then he just rolls out of the chair. So the other guy goes oh, flying right. out the, the window. Goes out the window. <laughs> that rules. That's okay. Uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, so then we finally get like the wire is received by, I guess, Alleman and Stool or, you know, one of these people, one of the, one of the baddies. Yeah. And they learn, oh, yeah, the gold never arrived at its destination. Like right. it was supposed to be sent somewhere. And now they know that it hasn't arrived there. And this is their other scam because they're also running an insurance scam on the gold that they stole to get the money for the gold. Right, so this <laughs> whole needlessly complicated plot with these three people who hate each other, do not trust each other at all. Like, how did they come up with this idea? It's like, hey, look, I know we can't stand to be in the same, in the same, like, the same physical space, but let's do this really complicated plan that relies on all of us doing everything correctly. Well, it's sort of like uh, the Sam Raimi movie, A Simple Plan, where just like they have this plot and then it just escalates and no one can trust each other. So it just keeps getting more complicated without it needing to be. And everything goes wrong. That's kind of what's happening here. Yeah. Although Uh, it's interesting because it's always Hallman who's saying we we shouldn't trust each other. That's not how you... 
that's not how you uh, get ahead in this kind of business. He's always the one right? who's saying that. Yeah, and he's right. And he is the smartest one, clearly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's the one who knows where all the gold actually is. Yes. And and he was always aware. Yeah. Uh, so like comedic roles, we, we have a few of our template scenes repeat here. We see Sartana and Dusty chatting again. We see the metal again, just to remind us about it, that it's there and that it's going to serve some sort of Chekhovian purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I, I can't believe I didn't pick up on it. <laughs> it's like, huh, spending a lot of time playing with this uh, little metal plate. Oh, well. Yeah, because like Sartana keeps criticizing Dusty for drinking away his uh, artistry, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Dusty's pretty satisfied with what he does. Like, look, I I create my art, but I have to create it within the parameters of this because I'm poor. You know, I'm just a working guy. <laughs> yeah, not all of us can just engage in ridiculous schemes for unobtainable wholesale- gold. Wholesale robber baronism, you know, we can't all be the robber barons. Uh, no, no. Uh, we although, can't all be the top of the pyramid. Yeah, although that's kind of what rugged capitalism is about. <laughs> yeah. Extreme venture capitalism. And then, okay, so we also have another scene of Tampico eating another whole turkey and yelling at his guys <laughs> like he's Cobra Commander, necessarily. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, and he, this he is does scene- this a few times, I think. Yeah, th- this is sort of the big one because he has this whole rail at the men about like, oh, Moreno double crossed me uh, and he promotes a new guy to lieutenant lieutenant. Oh, right. And and then and then after a bit, he hears the watch. Yeah. And he's like, and oh, he thinks, Moreno, he's still alive. <laughs> he takes the, the lieutenant pin off of the one guy. Perdido. Yeah. I, I actually wrote his name again, down. Sure. No, he dies in like the next scene, I think. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course he does. But like, yeah, we, we this is a really weird, uh, lengthy action sequence where he goes out and he finds the guards in the yard to be unconscious, but the watch is hanging in the covered wagon. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. The, the next sequence at his place is where we have just the weird extended like back and forth action sequence because... Here, he's like, he finds this watch and he's like, something is wrong here. There's no gold. My men have never come back. What's up? And he goes to Allman. It's like, what the hell? Where are my men? Where's the gold? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, regrettably, they're all dead, but I know where the gold is. Listen, it's hidden in the mayor's coffin in the graveyard. Uh, we never had the gold in any of those places. That was all just like a shell game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they killed all of this guy's men. <laughs> Not all of them. He, he has a lot of men, but, you know, he his main so guy. Yeah. Oh, but he doesn't man. really seem all that put out by it, honestly. And this is where they mention the insurance scam, and they have to get him to sign for that. Right, right. And it's this whole thing, because he, like, doesn't want to sign the paper. He's like, I can't, I don't want to read this. Yeah, he he just starts arguing, and then he eventually signs it. Arguably, he cannot read this. Uh, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is what it yeah. was. Uh, and they also inform him that it was Lasky who killed his guys and stole the gold. I guess that's true. It is true. Not stole the gold, or he, you know, he thought he was stealing the gold, and mm-hmm. it didn't work out. 
Uh, but we, of course, cut to Lasky getting beat up by Tampico and his men. Now, th- this actually reminds me a lot of the scene of Clint getting beat up in Fistful of Dollars. Totally. It's it's a very mirrored scene. Yeah. Although this one kind of plays out in a different way. And like th- this sort of whole extended uh, Sartana and Lasky versus Tampico guys kind of is, is a whole riff on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, there's a knock at the door. Or, or first, Lasky's like, uh, it's Sartana who did all of it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do anything. I'm I'm totally innocent. <laughs> and there's a knock at the door, and they find Moreno's body outside. It's it's another classic Sartana ding-dong ditch. <laughs> yep. Moreno's body with a, with a bullet in the head, and is like, oh, that's Lasky, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So Tampico sends his guards after him. So it's like another seven or eight dudes in the desert. What could go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so these that, guys don't get killed right away. <laughs> they yeah, they get to survive. Happens, I understand they like kind of went in a circle because I just remember seeing them back at Tampico's house. Yeah, I don't know how he loses them because he leads them away. But he circles back really quickly because he comes back and shoots everyone who's still in the courtyard then. And then he somehow shows up. He comes flying through a second floor window and shoots the four guards who are still inside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it's around this point that Tampico or somebody gives Lasky a gun. But Lasky pointedly never takes the shot at uh, Sartana here. Yeah, th- like there's sometimes we see him kind of considering it, but like he's just kind of waiting things out. He's letting letting Sartana take more pieces off the board because uh-huh. like he killed Tampico's guys. You know, he, he does not want to be dealing with Tampico right now. So th- this is all to the good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Tampico and Lasky both come in because they figure, you know, they they heard the four shots. He just has that little four shot pistol. So they they figure he's out of bullets. But of course, he he has more guns and he, yeah. he disarms them. Uh, and interestingly, he knocks Tampico out. But Lasky is like, nah, you just pretend to be knocked out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He just he just lies down on the ground. He just gives him a wink. It's like, you know what to do. <laughs> <sighs> Lasky's yeah, I guess they're buddies. Of, yeah, Lasky's kind of interesting in that he's. He's the rare Western villain who seems to understand or at least have some inkling of just who he's dealing with here. Yeah, they're they're the same kind of guy because they're both the same sort of bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> uh, so then this is when all of the guys who were chasing him show up, but like he's already riding away. So they they survive this last encounter, but they they won't be around long because we will see all of them die still. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So there's there's a there's a really nice shot of him in town at night, Sartana, just like under a lantern, lighting a cigar, and it looks almost exactly like the poster for High Plains Drifter. I kind of wonder if it's a direct inspiration for it. Oh, speaking of inspirations, man, you know. Um... You know WWE The Undertaker? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if uh, his earlier career was heavily inspired by Sartana. It could be. 
or or at least part of part of his gimmick when he had like the long black coat and the hat. And, he and it's was interesting hanging he, around with Paul Bearer. Yeah, because he always calls himself the Paul Bearer. Uh, Sartana does. Yeah, yeah. Like a number of times in this movie, he refers to himself like that. Mm-hmm. So and he's I, always hanging out with the grave digger. <laughs> yeah, so so I wonder if that whole Undertaker character is inspired by this, or just like maybe just Western villains in general. Could be. I mean, it's the, there's certainly the influences hanging around. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea how much play these movies got in the U.S. in like the 70s and 80s. Because like obviously well, the yeah, Mammoth and Abe ones were huge, but I don't know the Sartana ones were as big. They could have been. They they could have had like a, a real life on TV, maybe. We we see Stool and Evelyn dancing and planning their escape to Arizona with all the gold. Evelyn being Almond's wife. Yep, yep. Um, and then Sartana sorry, just like this is where she's with Stool. Stool, yeah, the mayor. And right, Sartana yeah. sneaks in and he he like we, we see a shot of him removing his spurs so he can silently sneak in <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> just take right. off the spurs. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, and then he comes in and demands five thousand dollars. Really popular amount. You know, the scriptwriter's like, yeah, it's comic repetition. Five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> five thousand. Right. Good round number. For information. Uh, yeah, but you and, haven't told me anything. And like, Stool takes him over to the money, and and like he he opens up a cabinet, and like, uh, Sartana, like you know, he 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 shoos him away, and he finds a gun hidden under the money that yeah, you know Stool so, was probably going to try to shoot him with. So he takes some, but not all of the money. I think he takes just the five thousand that he was. going to I think take. he just takes the five thousand. I guess that's what makes and, him not uh, and, entirely yeah, a bad guy. <laughs> and like specifically, Stuhl says to him here, you're no different than Lasky. He's totally right. <laughs> <laughs> he is not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but he does inform them. He's like, listen, Tampico's getting the gold. He knows where it is. He's going to go get it. And so we see Stuhl and his goons. I don't know where he got goons from, but apparently he has some. Yep. And they're yeah, digging up he... the grave of the mayor because that's where he still thinks the gold is. Uh-huh. And which is also so, what Tampico thinks. Yeah. Well, I think Tampico was watching Stool, thinking Stool would go for the gold because I think Tampico didn't know where it was. Yeah, and, there's it's a whole complicated shell got game. Stool to yeah, it it is. But one of his guys is also a throwing knives guy, I guess. Oh, we don't get yeah, to see who throwing knife guy. Yeah, no. we, we don't even get to see this guy, but he takes out all of Stool's goons and Stool uh, with throwing knives. They just and everybody's dead. Yep. And then Tempico and his men show up and they take the coffin away. Uh, and we we see all of our people watching. Evelyn's outside the graveyard. Lasky's there. Uh, he's going to shoot. Tampico, but Sartana stops him. It's like, listen, I think we're going to need dynamite instead. It's like, we're a team, right? <laughs> we're working together. Well, for now. For, for now. the moment. For this, yeah, for this five minute chunk. And Evelyn goes back to Almond uh, and he's like, 
Yeah, listen, I, I know what's going on. Also, the mayor's widow has been killed on my orders. <laughs> Rip Jane. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she didn't even get screen. a death scene. <laughs> yeah, and, and Evelyn's just like, oh, Alman, you're so smart and cool and handsome, and I knew you were the best one, and I was just sleeping with everyone else because uh, it was, it was uh, to mess to with the, your protect gold. you, your gold. Yeah, you're you're the one who I want to be with now. Please don't kill me. And then, oh no, she shoots him with the gun hidden under the pillow. Yeah, that's a little bit later. Uh, because oh, first we have another massacre uh, oh, in, in between. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. Well, it's 13. time for the end of Tampico and all of his men. Uh, oh, yes. Because, like, while... While Sartana went to go get the the dynamite, Lasky just like, you know, I think I can probably deal with this myself because he has his chain gun. <laughs> yeah, he still has that Gatling gun. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really great what he does here. He's, he set it up like inside a barrel above the basement where he was getting his ass kicked earlier. Well, yeah. So like the, a, a rolling barrel set up kind of like in... Fistful of Dollars, how Eastwood gets out by rolling the barrel and crushing that guy. Yeah, it looks like they're setting up that kind of thing, but nope, that's where the chain gun's hiding. Yep. Everybody is killed, (laughs) including Tempico. Yep. Although, like, first he plays possum and then he he, like goes for a gun and Lasky, of course, shoots him in the head. Uh And then, of course, he states the entire full Tampico name, and then he kicks another entire turkey in his dead face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't. I love that it's like oh, he's dead. Unless oh, he kicks, him, kicks the turkey at him. It's like, <laughs> you don't need gold. This is what you wanted. <laughs> and like, Sartana oh. shows up with the dynamite. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who's getting the dynamite? And so, like, they they open up the coffin. (laughs) And, of course, it's just more rocks. rocks. (laughs) And Lasky's like, they've tricked us, partner. (laughs) They've made a fool of me. And Sartana's like, who made a fool of you? And then he shoots Sartana in the head. (laughs) Yep, Sartana goes down. I was like, hmm. I was like, wow, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. How does he survive through this? Because the next seven movies aren't going to be about his ghost are they i mean they could could because he sort of seems like he could be that kind of character with the dracula cape and everything so i guess i could see how that could work is he actually a ghost not in this one but he might be in some of the other ones it's totally possible there are ones where like you have like there is definitely a django movie where django is a ghost oh whoa cool Mm -hmm. um I, i just feel like now that I know what his plan was to survive the headshot, he survives too many headshots this way. <laughs> he survives a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's Lasky's thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so this it's, it's now when Alman tells Evelyn the whole story. So like he reveals where the gold actually is and then she shoots him. Right, right. Uh, just in time for Lasky to show up and her to take him to the gold 
which of course has been in Dusty's workshop all the time in the big stately coffin wagon that was very beautifully and gothically lit in the middle of the workshop anytime we saw it. With like the red lanterns. Yeah. Did they even have that back then? I don't know, but it looks cool as hell. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's like it's like fighting in a Dracula lair. Yeah. And so Lasky, he's not going to be outfoxed again. He he opens up the coffin. He verifies it actually is all of these bags of gold dust. Yeah, gold dust, which has got to be really irritating to use as currency. Man, that's a real pain. Although it's you can measure it to very exact amounts by just like pouring it on a thing. And so it, and it was sort of like that was the currency of the old west. So it sort of worked in the gold rush times, anyways. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah that makes sense. I mean, uh, you find all this gold in your yard or whatever, you're not gonna run off to get minted into coins. Yeah. Uh, so of course, immediately after he verifies that it's the gold, he kills her. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> she thought she was going to run away with him. She thought she was going to run away with everybody. She she had a whole she, bunch of backup dudes. She oh yeah, she she was just going to hook up with whoever won. That was her whole plan. Well, and probably kill them and get away with the gold. And, oh, like, yeah, that's, of course. That's everybody's sort of sub plan. Kill other people and get away with it. Yeah. So then, of course, Sartana shows up, and initially Lasky does think he's a ghost. He's like, <sighs> I shot that guy in the head, just, you know, the other scene. Well, and we'll, actually, we'll get to it, because he gets cut off in his dying words where he says, you really are. Yeah, because they, they think he is a ghost. Uh, yeah. And, like, so first Lasky pretends to be shot, and he does this little trick of reloading his his empty pistol, but, like, Coughing. coughing and Sartana's like come on dude and he like, pretends I, I really like the moment where he pretends the pistol is empty when Sartana does get the drop on him he's like alright we'll just prove it <laughs> yeah um, and he holds it up to his head and pulls the trigger once and he lucked out because just yep. the first, em- first chamber was the one empty chamber mm-hmm and so they do this thing where they're going to have an honorable duel, quote unquote, with these very honorable men. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> the, the bag of gold dust that uh, Lasky had already partially opened, they like slam it on a nail uh, on the wall and just like. Let it while, fall like, yeah. like an hourglass. Yeah. So like when when the bag of gold dust runs out. Uh, we'll both reload and then fire. We'll just like hold the guns and the single bullet until that time. Very complicated rules for this duel. Yeah, but this is this was what you did. And Lasky is so jazzed to be doing this. Like on his face, you can tell this. <laughs> this is why he became a cowboy. Like this is why he became an outlaw. Yeah, and he's he, incredibly thrilled. This whole sequence, he's like, oh, it's going to happen. I'm so excited to reveal my he cheat. he has reason to think he's going to win. Right, because he, you know, he didn't he put just, any weapon. He, he, like, his gun is already loaded. <laughs> yep, yep. He, it was just the one chamber, so he doesn't have to reload it. Ah, but you know what, though? So Sartana, he's just got his dreidel. And, uh, like, Lasky does a whole, like reveal he's like ha ha 
I didn't even need to load the gun. I already loaded it. But then Sartana snaps the dreidel into the gun. And it turns out it's uh, uh, it's, it's another it's, chamber. It's a little specialized chamber with five bullets in it. Yep. And he shoots Lasky a bunch of times. And then he even like shoots a rope with the wreath on it. So a wreath falls and frames his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because he like falls into a coffin. It's perfect. It's oh, so man. <laughs> and then, of course, he finally reveals that Dusty's medal was in his hat because it was perfectly hat shaped. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> and it's brass, just like the like thing that. Yeah. Naruto headband. Yeah. And then he just pieces out with the wagon full of gold. The end. <laughs> he takes all of anyone. it. He stole all the gold. He's completely a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he did not use this gold to help the village. Uh, we did see one person, like when the guy was delivering the telegram, saying, the gold didn't make it to the destination. I'm ruined. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, at least one innocent person is ruined because of this. Although he was more ruined because of these other guys. Well, yeah. I suppose Sartana could have get... made good. But well, that's no. That's not his job responsibility. Well, he, I mean, he's... I'm not here to save your fucking stupid town. He, he's here for that money. <laughs> he's here for that money. And does he give any to Dusty the Gravedigger who helped him out? I doubt not it. Not unless Dusty wants... No, he doesn't. Not unless I mean, Dusty we don't see him sw- at the end. Not unless Dusty wants to sweep up the gold from the bag that dripped out and <laughs> doesn't think it's just dust this throws it away i think he'd be savvy uh, enough to recognize it but i like to imagine that dust. there's yeah i like to imagine that there's a deleted scene where he takes a little push broom and a dustpan and just carefully sweeps up all of it and like puts it in a fresh bag and tucks it away and then leaves <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh but just dusty. So dusty gets none <laughs> <laughs> or I, I was just imagining like dusty uh sweeps it up into a dustpan and then he puts it in like a special chamber where he's got all these other bags of gold that he collected this way with all these dustpans with gold dust on them. He's like, that's why they call me Dusty. (laughs) This is just Massacre Town. And like, he's just around to like get the dregs of every giant massacre that happens here every couple months. (laughs) And I get the scraps. (laughs) <laughs> dusty with the scraps <laughs> weird movie. i love this movie <laughs> it's so violent i i can't believe how many headshots there are in this it's so rare it, to see it, it does kind of feel like a james bond western if james bond was not a good guy yeah like not even sort of kind of a good guy <laughs> no he he's not even like morally ambiguous Oh, Sartana just, isn't an anti-hero. He's he's, he's not a, a hero bad at all. Guy. He yeah. just happens to be killing other bad guys, not even necessarily guys who are worse than him. Yeah, just other guys. He's the guy who ends up with the money. He's the guy who's the best dressed. He has the coolest gadgets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not watching a hero saving a town from villains. We're watching a movie about villains offing each other until one lives. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Just in... In light of how uh, controversial uh, a Fistful of Dollars had been, and this is only around the time Fistful of Dollars was really starting to hit in America. So I feel like maybe this was directly a riff on it. It was like, you guys like antiheroes? Let's just take the hero <laughs> completely out. 
this guy's just a bad guy. <laughs> Let's watch him follow the same plot, but just be completely a bad guy and still just, you know, right out of town with all that gold at the end. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I love this movie. Yes. This was, it's a lot of fun. I love this character. Yeah, like I'm really interested to see him become more ghostly because I, I think that's probably the idea with this series. That's sort of what distinguishes it other than him just being a full on bad guy. Well, he doesn't ride off into the sunset here. He rides off into a uh, windswept spooky mist dust storm. Yeah. And, and like he, he rode out of a heat haze at the start, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like. This, like I, I thought the title was kind of like lame and cringy, but this guy's kind of a personification of death. Yeah, he he's just he he creates death all around him and then just yep. profits away from it, profits from it. Uh, I want to see a movie where he meets a precocious child, just just to see where that goes. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if that child's gonna get through that movie. <laughs> he might not. Well, there's four more of these, so it could happen. Could, could happen. Uh, so that does raise the question, this being a box set, uh, do we want to do the next Sartana movie, or uh, do we push that down and start uh, the Michael Caine as Harry Palmer series next in the stack, uh, starting with The Ipcress File, with Michael Caine as a British spy in the mid-60s, very influential oh, okay. British spy series. A, a little more down to earth than the Bond ones. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, that that is a good choice. Um, I, I I I'm not done with Sartana though. All I'm, right. I'm actually seriously thinking of picking the next one for next week. All right. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so any final thoughts before we move on to part two then? Yeah. Um. When when you see Sartana, you don't really have to pray for your death. You should maybe pray for your life instead. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe you might be all right. I mean, if you're just a nine to five, you're probably good. But if you're another bad guy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be another bad guy. <laughs> yeah, or be standing in between him and a bad guy. Don't do that either. Don't live in bad guy town. Yeah, I mean, crucially, you definitely don't want to live in bad guy towns in uh, any of these westerns because they, they seem to just take out the entire town when they go down. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, uh, one of Tampico's minions was named Ramon, which uh, and he looked like he the looked guy. Like Ram- yeah, the main guy, right? From uh, from Fistful. Uh, Fistful. Yeah, yeah. He looks like that guy. We only ever saw huh. him dead. Uh, Moreno, no, 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 not oh, another guy, like one guy of the other guys. I think he was the ding dong ditch dead guy. Well, that's Moreno. The Moreno was, was Moreno? the dead body that was left. There yeah. was at some point. It, his Pico. name might be Ramon Moreno, because we yeah, usually cause... get people referred to by both their first and last name at different points. Uh, could point, could be, because he that definitely be. mourns over the loss of a Ramon, who is a dead guy. Who yeah, looks like that guy. Okay, so yeah, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's Moreno. So Ramon Moreno is likely Could the be. full name. Could be. Uh, yeah. Which I thought that was cool. Or I don't know if it was intentional or not, but. Could be. If it I was, don't know. Because 
I mean, he he doesn't have scenes. He's just a dead body who's yeah, he, he, plays a really he, important role. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What a weird movie. Uh, lots of oh, fun. I love it. For our second film this evening, we're talking about L.A. Bounty, a 1989 film from director Worth Keeter, uh, and more pertinently, starring one Wings Hauser. Friend of the show? Well, <laughs> he he has no idea who we are. Patron saint. Is he even alive? <laughs> yeah, he's still around. Oh, good. He did, I a, hope... he did an interview on that uh, the disc for... Tough Guys Don't Dance, when that came out. Oh, I should have watched that. He was looking better and younger in that interview than he did in Champagne and Bullets. Well, he I don't think he remembers doing Champagne and Bullets. Champagne and Bullets. I, I mean, nobody looks good in that movie. <laughs> no, uh, but... That, that's a movie that is not... That, that nobody comes out of looking great, but what a fascinating article that is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this so, is a lesser-known film, I would say. L.A. Bounty, uh, like quite obscure. I had never heard of it. Uh, very little talked about, uh, but it's just ridiculously fun. I mean, like Sybil. Sib- I'm gonna get this wrong, like every time. Sybil Danning, uh, as is is the star as our L.A. Bounty hunter character. Yep, she's got uh, a big shotgun that makes big holes in people. Yeah, it's like the Terminator gun. <laughs> it kinda, sounds yeah. like the Terminator gun. She, she kind of reminds me of a of the Terminator in this. Yeah, like just Lady Terminator, but not like the terrible Lady Terminator we got in T3. Yeah. I do not and, like that film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> considering I, like the first two are some of my all-time favorites i really don't like that third one yeah well it came out like it was definitely trying to capitalize on it they, they weren't making it didn't need to be made basically. it's it's a bad period of action horror for me like i i really hate most sort of actiony horror stuff from that era i i find it all just very stupid for some reason that was a really bad blockbuster era for anything horror adjacent Hmm. at least as far as i'm concerned i don't know fair enough Uh, everyone's mileage may vary i don't remember what i thought of the movie at the time i didn't see it at the time i saw it quite a few years later and still hated it Uh, similar to what happened with the prequels, the 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 Star Wars prequels. Oh, yes. Other than the first one. Uh, anyway, so L.A. Bounty, Sybil Danning and Wings Hauser are our big stars, and they're both really fun in this. I love every moment that they're on the screen. Oh yeah, um, I would go so far as to say that this movie—I don't find this movie all that entertaining unless one of them is on the screen. Yes, it's total white noise. Suck. Yeah, the, I I I tune it out every time. Like those, like neither of them is on the screen. It's like, yeah, okay. Let let's get back to the fireworks factory though. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. When whenever a character, whenever Wings Hauser isn't on the screen, all the other characters should be saying, "Where's Wings Hauser? Where's realize, the maniac?" Then I realize the movie does do that. It kind of yeah, does. It kind of does do that. Where is the maniac? Well. I think he we, is. we're getting closer to meeting the maniac here. He's a full-on maniac this whole movie. Oh uh, this is a great 
great Wingshauser performance. Like he is it's incredible. So committed. And it does feel kind of meta. He, like he is because we will get to it at, at a later point. But his whole deal is he loves being violent and killing people in entertaining ways to entertain God. Yep. Because he's because a, he figures God doesn't want to hang out with all the goody two shoes. That's why he gave us free will. He wants to see all the fucked up shit we do. Yeah, and so that's kind of us as the audience. He's trying yep. to please the audience. He's he's appealing to us, and he often like looks at the camera and he'll like do takes to the audience and he'll like talk to God. And I was like, how's that? You like that? That was pretty. Fun, yeah. Right? <laughs> Every time he does like a one liner after he kills somebody, he's like, <laughs> and then I said. <laughs> or, or like yeah, do a take. Yeah, I I like that. That that's just a really interesting, and unusual concept for a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of feels like he should be. He, Wings Hauser should play a Batman villain. Yeah, that would be great. Like, like I, this I was, is such a chaotic villain. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was originally thinking he'd make a good Two Face, but. He should be one of like the lesser known, like the the C or the D list villains, like mm. the Condiment King. Yeah, I mean the it's Condiment just... King just like squirted people with like ketchup and relish shit. That was sort of his old yeah, deal, right? Yeah, but if uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about what he actually did. In my version, he uses like a superheated buttery toffee <laughs> from like the popcorn because oh, he worked at the concession. In my version, he works at the concession stand. Of the theater where uh, the Wayne parents got shot. I have no idea what Calendar Man really does. Since I do know Calendar Man, uh, Condiment King. Condiment Uh, King, yeah. I'll have to look it up. I have a huge hardcover of DC's Who's Who. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, And given how much we've been talking about Batman villains, I I feel I should read up on them. It comes up a lot for it a does. podcast that never has touched a Batman movie. We might have to touch Batman at some point. I'm uh, sure we will. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's like he, he is very super villainous in this. He has just a big super villain energy. This is kind of a joker, really. He, he has a villain lair. Yeah. With I, traps that have, his, like, Batman, yeah, his, 66 Batman buttons. Yeah, his trap weapon warehouse with just like goofy traps like the bear when we get to it the bear <laughs> he, he, or isn't there like a toy maker villain in batman the toy man yeah that's what i was saying when we were watching the movie uh that he should be the toy man although i think later appearances of the toy man like even around the time i was kind of getting out of reading the comics in the 90s uh, I think he was retconned as a child molester, so maybe uh, less of that now in a movie. Yeah, but I don't need that. Classic toy man from the 60s when he was just a deranged guy who threw toys at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as most Batman villains are, just someone with a hyper fixation. Yep, yep. Uh, so, what LA is Bounty. LA Bounty about? Well, <laughs> we begin with uh, a limo leaving a hotel. Uh, inside this limo are Mike and Kelly Rhodes. Uh, Mike is our damsel in distress uh, who gets kidnapped at the beginning of the movie. And Kelly is our really terrible uh, witness cooperating with the police person. She's weird. So Mike is running for mayor of 
where is this? L.A., I'm guessing. I but... guess it's L.A. That's a big position. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I'll... it's definitely L.A. Because I, I remember later uh, the maniac is asking about, how did you track me here to L.A.? It's called L.A. Bounty. Yeah, it is called L.A. Bounty. Yeah. So but he's running like... for the mayor of L.A. That's just a huge position. Oh, yeah, that's that's considering how <laughs> this plays out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't think this guy has the chops to run Los Angeles. No, this guy does not have the chops to run a weird scheme. No, he does not. So um, him and his wife are being like super like really uh, barfy, lovey dovey, like, oh, guys, get a room kind of thing and he's he's got like the cartoon lipstick on his face on his oh yeah like lipstick marks Mm -hmm. and they're and they get to his house and they're making out in his room when suddenly some thugs with the ski masks bust in and uh and they kidnap mike and uh what's her name kelly hides in the closet and they're just like they're shooting at her yeah, they're trying and, to kill her. Someone yeah, says, to kill, her. kill the bitch, I believe. Yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. So so they're trying to kill her, and she's hiding in the closet, and it looks like they're going to do a Michael Myers thing. But then the guy just gets blowed up in the chest with a shotgun, <laughs> and the other guy gets blowed up in the chest with a shotgun, and there's Sybil Danning in the guy in the mayor's or the uh, mayoral candidate's bedroom with a super gun. With a super gun. Why is she here? Who is she? Why is she killing these people? We don't know. We're not going to find out for a long time. To be honest, uh, I still don't honestly know how she ends up being here at this point. Because, like, a, it's how does she know line. this is going to go? Oh, is it? Okay. It is. Because uh, when Wings later. is interrogating, because, like, he says so much and he says it so fast. Yes. Um, he, when he's interrogating one of his henchmen who failed him for the last time. Oh, he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, all I told her was that you were in L.A. No, 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 no. She knew about the job. Right. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you do. You told her. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She finds out from this guy. That yeah, somehow. somehow. Uh, well, Before yeah, she threatened happened. to kill him. Yeah, but, yeah but we, kill him. we didn't see that scene. No. When when we see her, she's already killing people all the yeah, time. Yeah, she's just straight murdering these people. And then, Great squibs, just huge bloody squibs, just splat. Uh, she's just putting giant holes in these dudes. Yeah, and then the cops show up. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, Kelly's been trapped in a closet. Who called the cops? Sybil? One of the thugs? Because <laughs> I feel like she wouldn't. She'd just I feel like, like she spirit wouldn't. her away somewhere. Maybe just the neighbors because of all the gunshots. Oh, that could be. He is the candidate for mayor. People call cops when they hear guns. In a rich neighborhood? Yes. There we go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about this in People Under the Stairs. Well, yeah. You're right. We've come up before. before. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, I guess guess Sybil gets out. after yeah. first taking off the masks of the guys who she killed, um, I, I wasn't sure why at first, but she's confirming their identities because she's got a whole list of people that she needs to kill to get to Wings Hauser. 
Yeah, this is a revenge movie. We just don't know it for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to the villain lair, which is a warehouse called Gothic Imports. I love this place. Just such a cool design. I and all the amazing like built-in traps. And it's it's just like a perfect space for a villain. Just a oh, warehouse yeah. that could be like any box you open could have any kind of weird weapon or trap or just any sort of fun thing. Yeah, so this is our first meet with uh Wingshauser in this movie, who is a coked up painter who can somehow mastermind this brilliant plot that's not really that brilliant because his guys are falling left and right but he's got this one guy yeah there's this one guy who keeps getting out of scrapes and keeps being the only one surviving and just coming back to him He's like, oh, man, it didn't go so good, man. <laughs> You're a real fucking idiot, Jackman. W- why? <laughs> I, That's not till later, but... Uh, yeah, learning gag, we, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Here we've got Wings uh, painting a nude model, or with a painting, presumably painting a nude model in front of him. Yeah. Uh, we don't see the painting, but he's, like, talking about what we were just talking about, how... Uh, how his philosophy is that we're put here to entertain God with all our violent, cruel, crazy bullshit. Yeah. And And so that's his whole deal. He wants to entertain God by being completely, insanely violent all the time. Mm -hmm. And then he's, and then just out of nowhere, he says to his model and, and people say this a lot, um, not these words, but it's a it's the very first bitches leave moment. Oh, it's just yeah. like so much of this. He's like, you just leave. Just stop being here now. Get out of here. Get out of the scene. And he goes to see his henchman who just came back uh, with the mayor. And right. and it's like he goes to like the one lesser henchman. He's like, you get out of here. So we're at bitches leave count of two. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to the one guy. This guy's Jackman. Uh I got him in my notes as 30s guy because he's dressed like a, like a 1930s gangster most of the time. Yeah, except he's, for when he wears that god awful plaid outfit at the end. He's kind of got like a, a Looney Tunes gangster vibe to him. He's he's got the really slicked hair and the dark rings around his eyes that you'd usually get if there is like a Looney Tunes version of a noir detective or noir bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's reporting to Wings. He's like, oh, well, two of our guys died. He's like, and somebody took off, like, a bunch of our masks. It's like, did they get a look at you? Well, I don't think so. And Wings is just like, you don't think so. And then he does that fake out punch thing and then, like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he's uh, got an intensity to him. Yeah. Uh, you, you get why this guy is afraid of him, but you don't really get why he's not uh, enough afraid of him. He should be a lot more afraid of him than he, he is. He should be a lot more people. Everybody who seems to work with this guy does not seem to understand who they're working with. It's like, is it just, is this all of your first day on the job? <laughs> I mean, he might cycle through guys quite a bit. Well, some of these guys, like this guy doesn't have an excuse. No, I mean, this guy seems to have been working with him for some time, uh, but he, he's running short on his excuses, I guess, because, man, yeah, this guy guess. is just 
dumb. And he just keeps coming back to him having failed in some way. Yeah, but like he he's never seems to be upset about the report. He he's he's never like, oh, the boss is going to be mad at me. He's just, oh, well, here's what happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he is just reporting the truth, just the facts, Your Honor. <laughs> well, the fact is, he sucks. <laughs> he's a complete sad sack. Yeah. So uh, we cut to the the um, the mayor or Mike's. Not the mayor, the Mike's can, uh, mansion, where right. uh, the cop is talking with, um, oh God, Kelly, uh, the wife. Kelly and Sybil is very inconspicuously stalking them, uh, stalking outside of Mike's mansion with her huge fucking camouflage truck. Giant camo truck. It's very conspicuous. It's like. A, a redneck's wet dream truck. And, and Rosario is the main detective on the case, and he has one move to solve the case. We wait until they call us. We cannot do anything until they call us. We have no we, we have no choice but to wait until they call us. I can't believe this guy doesn't get iced in this movie. I mean, spoilers I... that this guy does not die, but somehow... <laughs> this fucking idiot who does nothing manages to blunder his way through. Yeah, and he's trying to like get her account of what happened, uh, or the the last night when she had been shot, and she starts crying, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm just thinking, like, no dipshit, she just got shot at a whole bunch like maybe six hours ago. He's not very good at his job, as we'll, no. like, frequently have occasion to find out. Yeah, I don't think he actually succeeds at anything. He succeeds at not dying, but only just barely. I mean, he does get shot. <laughs> he does get shot twice. That's right. He gets shot twice in the in the in the the trap dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Or no, once going in and then once inside. Yeah, yeah. So we cut to a scene of uh, Wingshauser's gang just divvying up the coke, like a whole bunch of coke that yeah. we, they got from who knows where. And uh, we see like the higher ups in his gang, a guy named Jimmy, who's like an old Italian dude or something. And a black guy named Martin, who I guess is the muscle. And then Jackman, the shitty henchman. Um, <laughs> this is just like a... a I guess all that happens in this scene is they just introduce more people from Wing's gang. Uh, yeah, and we... the guy is really intense about it. The the black dude is, like, intense about getting his cut. And Wing's yeah. like, you know I wouldn't ever rip you off. I've been working with you a long time, brother. Yeah, he's like, just just take your cut. I'd never do anything to stab you in the back. You know, For now. You know, I don't think he does, because I does. think he just gets he, killed. He just gets killed. He, he doesn't get a chance to stab him in the back. Yeah, no, he's just he gets taken down by Sybil because, you know, Sybil's yeah. got the super gun. <laughs> yeah, um, she's got the super gun and the super truck. And we see a shot of her trailer that's smaller than her truck and she lives in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like a giant truck, small ass trailer. They're actually about lives, the same size. She lives on like a movie set or maybe a shooting range. Something it's a weird, like that. weird spot. Yeah, um, so we she has to have a flashback of her partner dying from Wingshauser, 
necessarily. And, oh my god. Uh, this this is crazy. He's just tied. He's a cop. He's just tied up to a chair, and Wings is all like, and Jimmy's like, "Oh man, why do you got to play your games?" And or it's like it's not life isn't. Why do you always got to treat this like it's a game? And Wings is like, because it is a game. Everything's a game. And then he shoots the cop like five times in multiple places while make while going dan it dan it. <laughs> and then we have a long close-up of his face and he just pauses ouch <laughs> <laughs> he's just so it looks like he's found enlightenment in this scene with the look on his face but he's so like a cartoon funny. character and he's yeah. he's you know he's deadpool uh this is wings hauser's deadpool he, like he's winking to the audience like how am i doing you like this this is fun right people <laughs> Yeah. So um, now the news is saying, oh, right. Well, there was a big break in thing happening over at mayoral candidate Mike Rhodes's place. And now her wife or his wife is going to go to the police station to do a sketch uh, for the sketch artist because she got a good look at several of the perpetrators. She's going to be going to this police station specifically. They don't quite do that, but they might as well. Uh, between this time. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, they, yeah, like this they... wouldn't be on the news. <laughs> Certainly not this granular level of detail to make very clear where to try to assassinate her. Yeah. So so we've got like uh, so Wings is going up to the 30s guy like you. Or he's like 30s guys like we got a problem. What are we going to do? He's like, we aren't going to do anything. You are going to waste her. Oh, man, but there's cops everywhere. God gave you the power of imagination use it and they have a a strange like parking lot or or parking garage fight with uh with the super truck yeah yeah so sybil is following the uh rosario lieutenant rosario and kelly in their car and it's also being chased by this blue car which we later find out it's wing schoons Mm -hmm. and uh yeah they end up well, first, uh, Sybil loses them, but then immediately finds them in the garage anyway after already having been in there. Like somehow they got away from her, but then she arrived where they were going before they got there. Yeah, she, she's she just that good. Has to make a dramatic entrance. <laughs> yeah, it's just hilarious because you get like these shots of this super shitty not shitty super super like redneck truck through like these super nice la neighborhoods before we get to the parking garage it's it's like the punisher's van it's it's got the same sort of energy it's like this stripped down uh and like pumped up like it's it's raised it's got big tires but like you know it's it's using like hard camo paint It, it does not look professionally painted no, it is bulletproof, though. It is bulletproof. Uh, yeah, you know, it looks like a war vehicle. Yeah. Just driving through a neighborhood. Or or looks like somebody took a regular truck to make it look like a war vehicle. Yeah, like a Mad Max vehicle, kind of, but kinda, not, not quite but to not that spiky. dystopian extent. Yeah. Not spiky. Like, you wouldn't necessarily get pulled over by a cop just for driving it. Yeah, one driven Depending on by the neighborhood. 
one driven by a modern vigilante rather than uh, by just, you know, your average dystopian dweller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so they, they have a whole chase in, in the parking garage, which is pretty fun. Yep. Um, one guy gets into the back of Sybil's truck and like in the bed of the pickup truck and is trying to break the glass to shoot at him, her and he can't do it, but it, it's because it's bulletproof glass, but the way it shot just makes it look like he's not trying. Like he's just like hitting it with his gun handling going, eh, eh. Yeah. Like they couldn't afford to make it really unbreakable. So it just looks like he it, well it, it is that he's not trying to break the glass it's really <laughs> visible that it is i yeah. really like all of these shots of them just in the garage because like it's a really low ceiling garage with a lot of uh like uh hanging down bits uh and mm. it's shot like at low angles and it just it's very intense and very fast moving it's cool yeah it's so great uh, chase. they get to the roof of the garage and somehow uh 30s man's car gets in front of Sybil's truck and she basically slams into it, which sends the guy in the bed flying over the end of the building. Uh, he's dead. Oh, also, she wasted another thug in the garage. Mm-hmm. Does not kill 30s man. Yeah, um, she's just like, <laughs> let your boss know that I know what's up. And he's got him just, coming for him. And he has the audacity to be all like, who's Kavanaugh? Louise <laughs> Hauser's character's name is like... I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. Who is this guy? I've never heard of him. And she's just like, shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> like, she, like yeah, they're already no clearly the past this point. It's like, yeah. She knows who the whole gang is. And then she takes uh, the mayor's or not the mayor, the oh, mayor's yeah, she, candidate's takes wife. The, she takes Kelly, the wife, yeah. uh, to her trailer. And then we have a scene of the actual mayor uh, chewing out the detective Rosario. And like he's like, because normally you get the commissioner saying to the detective that the mayor's breathing down my neck. But here the mayor's just breathing down the detective's neck. They're they did the not have command. Yeah, they they did not have the money for a chain of command in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, now people think I'm the one who did it. And Rosario's like, Did you do it? Did you do it? <laughs> did, like, no. Did he have any enemies? Why are you asking me? Why don't? Did he like, have any enemies? Like, yeah, I'm yes, literally me. his political he's, enemy, obviously. But he's running I for my job. <laughs> oh well. If you like, can't well, I think of we'll anybody see. else. It doesn't look good for you. It's like <laughs> you are the worst detective in the world. And you know what he pulls to, says to the mayor? He's like, "Mayor, we can't do anything until they call." Yeah, and the mayor's gotta like, "Wait for the call." Well, yeah, okay, uh, I guess you're right. It's like okay, and then we we have Kelly taken to uh, a Sybil's trailer home. Yeah, where she's just. She's not pissed off that she's been kidnapped or like twice now. Or well, no, once I guess, and then re-kidnapped from them. Yeah. Uh, pissed off that she's like, uh, what is, I got it all written down. You live here. I want to go home. I'll scream for help. I'm not sleeping here. Wine, wine. And Sybil doesn't even say anything to her. She's like, the bed's yours. Yeah, she she just stands there not reacting to an escalating series of just like 
whining. It's just pure whining. Yeah, I'm, I kind of get where she's coming from because she doesn't know that Sybil's an ex-cop. We don't know that Sybil's an ex-cop. No, totally. Like, I, I could get a, a rational sort of like, what is going on here? But hers are just like a, a series I of like... I can't believe you live... I can't believe ugh. you took me to a dirty trailer. I don't like your house. You suck. I don't like your house. <laughs> When I'm this is the, gross. <laughs> when I'm the wife's mayor, I'll have a better house than this. I would like to see the manager of your house, please. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your, where's your landlord? <laughs> I should tell you that I should tell your landlord how dirty you're making this place. Uh, and then yes. of course thugs show up. Or first, I think oh no, not see, yet. Yeah, no. Of course, our our guy has to return to Wings again yeah, to say he that returns, he screwed up again. He tur- he returns to Wings is like, so did you waste her? Nah, and all my guys are dead again. <laughs> and, like, I don't know how it happened. She just yeah, got she, the drop on us. <laughs> yeah, like he even says to her, like, how did she get so close to me? And the guy's like, I don't know. He just shrugs, like. Like he didn't just <laughs> piss off a freaking maniac boss. Uh, yeah. So apparently, like, well, go this guy get her. <laughs> gets another chance. Yeah. Somehow, like he's just like he's blessed. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. go get, go get her again. Take some more guys. Do it right this time. Yep. Uh, and then he goes back to painting his model. Yeah. And then uh, adjust the cloth. On her, that's uh, covering her up just a teeny tiny millimeter, which in hindsight is hilarious. And oh, then yeah. goes back to his painting. Uh, while chewing his rat tail, I've got written down. That's oh, gross. yeah, that's so gross. I forgot he has a really nasty rat tail that he chews on. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a cool Ooh. villain affectation. I think everything else about this character is great. That sucks. That's gross. That's so 1987. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So here's where he makes the model uh, do a bitch's leave again. Mm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Rand, the guy who they figure sold him out in one of Wings' conversations, uh, gets brought in and he's like, oh, hey, hey, boss. How, how's it going? And he's like, do you want some whiskey? Oh, that'd be great, boss. Sure is swell to be here with you, boss. Uh, finally allowed to set foot inside the lair instead of being told to leave when I'm just outside. And See, then Wings takes the dude, class. Yep. This dude, he seems less like a henchman in a crime organization. He seems like he's a traveling salesman who maybe works for this import-export business more than anything else. Maybe. But so Wings smashes him in the face with his glass and the guy's just like, oh God, oh shit, oh man, oh God, oh man. And then Wings starts recording the the interrogation. Mm -hmm. He is meeting the maniac. And he's basically just like, no, 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 I'm not mad. I just want you to, I just want you to tell me what you told her. Uh, I didn't tell her anything. I just, I just told her you were in LA and that's it. No, 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 no. She knew about the job. Uh, right. So th- th- yeah. this is what happened that set up the thing at the beginning and how she ended up uh, being on the spot during the kidnapping. Yeah. So then he goes off on this like he he's like, what what did she pay you? And the guy's like, she threatened to kill me. So he goes off on this whole thing about how he's been forced to hide in South America for 
for four years fighting mosquitoes the size of your fist? And he says to the guy, like, are you sorry? And the guy's like, oh, gee, boss, I sure am. <laughs> I sure am really sorry. Oh, shucks. He, he does, like, a, a, a lot of the villain organization, they do have a real Looney Tunes flavor to them. Uh, yeah. Like just, it's like, oh, gee, I'm sorry, boss. And then, you know, like Yosemite Sam just, like, shoots him with the shotgun and you know, his face turns all black. It's, yeah, <laughs> it is, it's, uh, his mouth is on the backside of his head now. <laughs> so, so what Wings does here... Is after the he is after the guys like apologizing profusely. Wings was like, "Don't you feel better?" Yeah, yeah, I do. I feel a lot better now that I've said sorry. So he takes two guns, and he's like, "Guess what? What's the? There's a question about these guns. What's the question? Uh, which one is loaded and which one isn't?" <laughs> and, and he's like taunting him. He's like, "Which is it? Which is it? Right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right. I don't remember." And the guy's like, oh, left, left, left. And, and like, Wings walks uh, away. He's like, I couldn't do that to you. Let's try the and right. <laughs> blam. And, and then the guy dies and Wings is just like, he stops. He's like, good, good. Good. You yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. It's cool, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's one of his best, like, takes to God slash audience. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think? Nobody yeah, is good. in the room <laughs> to see him do this. Yeah. Like, this is what he does. Uh, so we cut back to uh, the tr- the trailer, and Kelly finds Sybil's conspiracy chart, which is just um, bounty sheets of all the different thugs from Kavanaugh's gang. Right. Um, which and she's 19- like, she must be making a bunch of money, because she killed a lot of dudes. <laughs> well... Are you allowed to kill them for bounty hunting? And we don't see her turn any of these people in. It depends. Uh, like, I don't know how that works. Does she, it doesn't look like she has money. Yeah, I don't know, because she is supposed to be a bounty hunter. That That is the theoretical concept. And Yeah, but they don't really talk about that in the movie. Yeah, I'm not really sure of how bounty hunting and... Uh, the bail bonds business works exactly currently in America because like it literally did used to be a lot of these people would have a dead or alive designation in their bounty, but that's old West. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's from the wild, wild West. But who knows how much of that still exists in America because that was only like 150 years ago. Yeah. And America doesn't like to change their things. They just like to give, their shitty laws a fresh coat of paint well i mean the 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 bounty hunter is still a figure that exists it's just yeah it it has become more of a legitimized profession but i don't know how much it's changed other than that yeah i have no idea we'll have to watch truck turner sometime uh, the one where uh uh, isaac hayes is a bail bondsman slash bounty hunter that movie rocks oh uh, the only other one I was thinking of was uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, which I haven't seen it. Oh, and there's also Midnight Run, which is an absolute classic. Oh. Uh, 80s picture. Yeah, great, great movie. We'll definitely got to watch that sometime on Rocks. Yeah, so she's interrupted from looking at uh, Sybil's conspiracy chart by Sybil coming home with breakfast, McDonald's hamburgers, and she's like, hamburgers <sighs> for breakfast, ugh. Complain, <laughs> like, complain, complain. Complain, complain. 
You know who probably won't give you hamburgers for breakfast? Wings Hauser. Yeah, I mean, who knows what he'd do. <laughs> yeah, so so then, oh my god, I forgot about this. So then she's like, you're a bounty hunter, huh? And Sybil doesn't say anything. So then she's like, oh, you're so tough. You're so macho. Or I guess it's macha. Oh, my life hasn't been all a bed of roses, blah, 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 blah. But she just keeps going on. Mm-hmm. So they're going to a meetup. Uh, they set up... At some point, they set up a meetup with the the thugs to hand over Sybil, I think. Or no, uh, for Sybil to hand over Kelly in exchange for information about Kavanaugh. I don't remember how that got set up. Yeah. But yeah, this is like the Old West shootout place. Which is just outside her place. Like, it's it's just Yeah, it's like it's walking distance. Like, she, she sees them from the trailer and they're like, it's like, oh... Well, I, I guess I'll get into like the target area and we'll we'll like, you know, Which is shoot weird at these guys. The exterior shots of the trailer look, make it look like it's out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. Yeah, I guess you just needed to turn the camera around the other direction. It's just a movie. Oh, uh, I guess set. so. <laughs> oh my god. So, so she parked her trailer on. You know what? Yeah, I'll believe that she parked her trailer on a forest movie set. It is L.A. They might be around. You can find them. You can find them. Yeah, so um, uh, the guy who gets way too many chances uh, is leading this whole thing. She's uh, He's out in the middle. Uh, she points her super gun at him through a doorway, and he, like, threateningly, like, removes his, like, brushes his coat to the side to reveal his gun in his holster as if as if she doesn't already have a super gun trained on him. But he's got other guys who he He, thinks are going to get the drop on her. They're not. She blows them up, like, immediately. Yeah. But she kills them before we even saw them. (laughs) Like, there's points where she kills guys. I'm like, was that one of the thugs or was that just some dude? Well, she just turns and shoots. And we we learn that someone was going to maybe get the drop on her, but obviously couldn't because she's so rad. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening here. Here, there's like a dude on a roof somehow. Yeah. He's all, he's managed to silently get on top of the roof of one of these little uh, flimsy, probably fake buildings, because it really does seem to oh, be is. a set. Oh, yeah. No, it is a set. Like, he gets uh, shot through the back window of, like, a second story of a Western house, but there's actually no house behind it, so he just falls. Yeah. And he and Sybil blows off a man's hand. Oh, that scene rules! Yep, and then the guy, then she's walking away, and the one-armed man is, like, limping in the background, uh, gets up to go shoot her with his free arm, and then she kills him, and it's like, dude, if you just stayed dead, or stayed down. The the shot where, like, he's he's got his gun, and she just shoots the hand with the gun with her super gun, and just, it turns into mist. <laughs> yeah, it just explodes. Uh, hilarious. And there's just a stump. Hilarious. It's so good. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Um, and now we cut to Wings, who is watching, hearing a news report about the, <laughs> about the, uh, the shootout on the news. Like, so, oh, those Beagle boys. God damn it. <laughs> And then the 30s man arrives at the and – and he kicks out all of his goons. So then the 30s man arrives at the warehouse again, and Wings jump scares him from behind some boxes. 
<laughs> this poor <laughs> fucker. And, and, and here's so, where like, he says to him, like, yeah. you're such a fucking idiot. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Why do you <laughs> think stunned. I'm an idiot? He's like, wait, is this my is this my performance review? Really? I, I thought I was doing great. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, listen, here, I want you to be able to do one thing that I say and do it correctly. Now get in this fucking box. Yeah. So he makes him lie down in this crate and then he puts the lid and then he puts the lid on him and he's like, are you sorry? And the guy's like, yeah. yes. And he's like, it's hard to breathe in there, isn't it? And then he, of course, he shoots the crate and he's like, that better? And he shoots he the crate so much. He he yeah. has like an Uzi and he just like draws an and X on the, the crate yeah. in bullets. And then you see like blood trickling out of the holes. And yeah. he's like. And he's and after that he's like, hey, is that better? <laughs> yeah, see see what I did. And he just starts laughing about the joke he made. Rip Jackman, he's really running out of guys when he knows someone is coming for him. Uh, well, he, he's he just has, burning through them. Yeah, but I guess he has forty five minutes of screen time now to replenish his ranks. Yeah, that is unfortunate. This there's some dead space in this this segment of the movie. Like any time, neither of them are on screen. Anytime. Yeah, so, so Kelly just ran out of the trailer and went back to her house where where Rosario is waiting. And somebody phones, so Rosario finally has to do some work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's official now. Yep. Um, so whoever is on the other line, and I don't even know who it is because it's not Wings Hauser. Uh, and he doesn't really have that many people left, is basically saying like, uh, if you want to see your husband back, bring five hundred thousand dollars to this location. It could be the husband, just like oh, talking maybe. through a cloth or something. Because uh, the the key thing is they're showing the video, and they I don't know if it's at this point when they show uh, the the threat video where it oh, has yeah. the guy who was murdered. Is that this yeah? Point? It shows it shows that it's just after this because okay. the. Because he's Rosario's back in the office getting chewed out by the mayor again. Yeah. And the uh, mayor shows him the video that they've received. Yeah. Or did, does he show it to the mayor? Or, I think the One first the location that they were calling about was to tell them where to find the video. Okay. I think. I don't so know. with this, the video. This, anyway, this the part video. of the movie just. Yeah, it's so the yeah, video. It's, it's very like there's a, there's a bunch of unnecessary little complications where people have to go to place to place and none of it matters. Like as soon as the as Wingshauser is not on the screen and uh, Sybil Danning is not really doing anything, uh, this movie just kind of turns into like a white noise machine. I, I I take it in because it's very picturesque looking, but there's very little that like matters. <laughs> Well, There's no stakes for a while. What does matter um, that I didn't pick up on the first time is in the video we have the mayor or the we have Mike getting pistol whipped. Right. And it looks really fake because it's but he's doing I it. I thought it himself. just looked fake because, yeah, I thought it just looked fake because, you know, this is a B movie. Right. Yeah. No, it's but, uh, we, we yeah. see this is actually the only good detective work that uh, uh, our guy does. He, he still realized. doesn't put it together. Oh, he I realizes. Thought, I thought he noticed it that like he, he, he was does doing watch it the pistol whip scene again. 
I think it's him recognizing like, hey, he's just hitting himself. That's just his own hand from off screen. Well, he reacts. His his head moves before the pistol hits him. Yeah. So whether he's doing it himself or not, uh, I right. di- I didn't pick up that he was doing it himself actually. Yeah, I, think I thought it was just, just a thug doing himself. it, but he knew it was coming. Yeah. Spoiler alert: the mayor kidnapped himself. Yeah, he's in collusion with uh, Kavanaugh rather well, than actually having been kidnapped. It's unclear US, to of. what extent. Yeah, it's it's really unclear to what extent he's in with the whole plan because uh, what happens with the wife. He does not seem to be totally on board with, although I don't know, he's just hanging out in like a a windbreaker with some other chick. Later, I think. Yeah. So uh, I guess he was planning on them killing her off, but he's not into it when he's actually present. Yeah. So now we have some stuff about Sybil going into the cop shop um, with her old cop uniform and nobody noticing and she just accesses the police records. Um, yeah. To find out where two more thugs with really terrible mullets are. And then she goes and hunts them while uh, Rosario and Kelly do their stuff. Oh, uh, we get backstory on on Sybil Danning's character from uh, Rosario here. Right. We, we kind of understand what happened with the partner and how yeah. she used to be a cop. And it's like, and she had her own way of doing things, like not waiting for phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he, he doesn't say that, but to him, I guess that would seem like loose cannon kind of behavior. But, she didn't uh, do things yeah. by the book. Yeah, she did not do things by the book. She had this super gun. She dressed like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she didn't wait for anyone to call. I mean, how are you supposed to kid that or catch criminals when you don't wait for them to call you aye, aye, aye. he even says that at one point oh, yeah, he, does <laughs> he say says aye, 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 aye. Aye, later on uh, I, I i don't like this guy but uh we cut to sybil killing more thugs at the famous la observatory oh yeah we get some nice picturesque shots of griffith, griffith observatory and yep. some thugs getting shot there which is fun mm-hmm. and then some more thugs in an alley uh, one of them trying to pick up a sex worker, and then Sybil shows up and tells the sex worker to beat it. Yeah. She's, like, and, working her way towards uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, Rosario's, like, trying to ask her about her, about his, about the husband's history, so that, you know, maybe he can find a clue. Yeah. He's... But he doesn't. Uh, yeah. we, and like suspicion continues to mount that like the actual mayor is behind it. And this is sort of the plan that this mayoral candidate has is that he's a law and order guy and he's trying to drive up the whole law and order vote uh, by kidnapping himself and sort of playing it up and throwing suspicion at the other guy to kind of like double tank him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which sort uh, of is working. It is working because uh, he's down in the polls and the guy who's kidnapped went up. Yeah. And like people are starting to like suspect him and like he's getting investigated and shit. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad plan. He chose the wrong guy to partner with. Oh, he chose probably the worst guy you could partner with short of choosing the actual Joker. You partnered with the maniac. The maniac. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but I didn't know I met the maniac. Oh, no, you hadn't met the maniac. Now you did. No, you're partnered with him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they do another thing where the phone rings, meet me at this location, blah, blah, blah. They drive to a location uh, with Rosario. Kelly's driving with Rosario hiding in the back seat of the car. Looks like he's taking a nap. Um, we get like a montage of the SWAT team getting ready. Close up of all their faces. Remember these guys, they'll be important. It really does suggest like we got to really know who all of these dudes are. They don't even get out of the SWAT van. No, they do not. They all they... die inside it. <laughs> yep. Uh, they get to the location. Um, the van pulls, the thugs van pulls up and takes Kelly and shoots Rosario in the arm. A guy with a grenade launcher on the hill shoots the SWAT van. And yeah, they all just it get goes burned up. alive. And, and we <laughs> like we even get a shot in of them inside on fire. Like, just yeah. to oh. really drive home. It's like, by the way, these guys fucking died. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we cut, to, like, we cut to each of them, I think, probably in the order that we cut to their faces when they weren't <laughs> on fire. Uh. It's like, well, that's it. That's all the SWAT that uh, L.A. has. I guess it's up to Sybil now. <laughs> totally delivers. And they're good <laughs> effects, too. Like, really good stunts. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, so Sybil's in her truck looking at a like a checklist, which um, has like a blank space before Kavanaugh. And it's like, you already know who's on the list. She just writes down Jimmy. Yeah. So, oh, here's a good scene. So now we're at the hot tub scene. Uh, Jimmy, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, who we only met like very, very briefly, but he was one of like Kavanaugh's main partners. Uh, yeah, the cocaine and, dealing part of it. Yeah, and he's like the the one guy who clearly isn't like a a, a guy who goes on missions. He's just a really big guy. He he's like he's an, like a manager guy. Yeah, I I think he's like supposed to be Kavanaugh's second in command because he was there when the cop partner was killed. Yeah, or he he could be just like a full on partner, like some sort of business he might partner. Be I I think he is like like sort of maybe gonna, like. The drug connect guy. He, he must be. I was going to say Wings doesn't really talk down to him, but it's more like he doesn't talk down to him as much as he talks down to the others. Yeah. So we catch and, up with this guy in this weird little half room because I, I think it's very clearly a set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, we've only got half a room. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's in a hot tub with these two girls and Sybil just shows up. Is this I don't wood know paneled. how she found out where it is. All, all wood paneling, and he's got a huge CRT TV sitting on the edge of the, the hot tub, right in the middle of the scene, uh, and this like movie, he's yelling this, at the TV. Yeah, this scene felt so long the first time I watched it, because the whole time I was like, come on, TV in the hot tub, TV in the hot tub, TV in the hot tub, TV in the hot tub. But and, when you know you're definitely going to get it, uh, like having seen it once, it's just like, <laughs> oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. So they do some talking. It doesn't fucking matter. And then the TV goes in the hot tub. <laughs> That's what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, the the two ladies who he's got with him. Oh, she, yeah. They, she gets they them get to, to leave, leave first. first. Bitches leave. 
And then, like, he has a whole thing where he thinks he's got her because he's got a gun and he makes her put down her gun. And she's just, like, listening to him with a just, like, withering expressions. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, he finally stops talking and she just, like, steps back and kicks the TV. <laughs> kicks like, oh, that was yeah. fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they... It felt like they made me wait so long for it. I was like, come on, TV in the hot tub, TV in the hot tub. But they delivered. And and that's yep. what I feel this movie always does. It does always it deliver. It does deliver. It does deliver. But he let slip, well, let slip. He told her a very important piece of information while he thought he got her. He told her where the warehouse was. Yeah. So she... Uh, tries to get into the warehouse and it's got an electric fence. So she climbs a very conveniently placed telephone pole. <laughs> it has, it, it has it steps has up handles. on one side. And then when you get to the top of the barbed wire, it has handles that go around to the other side. So you can conveniently go around the pole and jump down. Yep. <laughs> it's very yep. obvious. Uh, so yeah, she gets so... in, it's time to have a, have a showdown with the maniac. So, um, we kind of we really blazed over like the whole forty five minute chunk without wings. Because it doesn't matter. It does <laughs> There's not so matter. So little in there. Like like I, I it's probably about ten pages of notes that I just didn't reference. Because like legitimately, other than her kicking the TV in and them having that weird failed exchange, there is nothing else that matters to the plot in between there and this warehouse thing because we have uh our our cop guy there too he's been shot the one time like yeah, everybody's how does there he know where to get how did he find it? oh i guess he followed the van i don't know it doesn't uh, matter he doesn't do anything there yeah i can't remember who he follows there but like also we have uh, the the guy there the the mayor candidate is there and the yeah, wife with is his there. greasy track suit and chain yeah, and he's like, what the hell is my wife doing here? And, and Kavanaugh's just like, well, you know what? I was thinking if we can get half a million dollars for you, think about how much her stupid rich parents will pay for her. Yeah, because he's, he's like, not the one. He's the mayoral candidate, but she's the rich one. Like, he married yeah. into money. Yeah, yeah. Which presumably and, is kind of why he does want her to be killed. Like, he's thinking he might get some money out of that. Well... We still don't know for certain if the if Mike wanted her killed or not. And Hard to say. We don't get to find out. We'll never know because uh, they because he meets the maniac. <laughs> he meets the maniac. They do they do a bit of a scuffle. He pulls he gets a gun from somewhere and convinces the henchman to put down his gun. And the maniac's just a, approaching him like like he doesn't have a gun trained on him because. You can't just train a gun on a maniac and expect him to do what you say. Yeah, that wouldn't be entertaining. So, so, but, so, so obviously this guy's not an experienced criminal. And even though he has the gun, he is completely backing down from Wingshauser approaching him, which to be fair, I would too. I'm not a criminal. Mm. And this guy, and a guy not afraid of me pulling a gun on him, who I know to be a maniac is going to scare me. Yeah. Um, so he knocks over the painting oh, yeah, and we see, see the painting that he's been doing the whole movie with this nude model. And it is some like 
It's eighth death. grade, but it's death, but it's like something that like a 16-year-old would do for art class. Like, oh, this is so deep. Yeah, it's death in a row, but like doing the model's pose. Yeah, and it has one eye in the eye socket and the other eye's missing, and one hand is a fleshy hand. And I saved the picture because... It's great. It's a great image. Like, yeah, uh, it'd be great if we could, like, get it onto the site or something. Because yeah, I have it's... no idea. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can put that up in, like, show notes or something. Yeah, uh, or I, I but... can just... Yeah, I could even just tweet it out, but it's it's amazing. And Wings is furious. He stabs Mike in the gut and then twists the knife. Like, like I never really see them twist the knife like this in a movie. You just hear about it, but like you actually see it twist, and that's just like Ugh. it was pretty gross. Uh, I, I so <laughs> like him with with the death painting, and him is this him in love with death is this him romanticizing death is is wings hauser as thanos question mark this is we don't really know because his only comment is after he kills mike he's like that painting was between me and god god and me me and god me and god no one so, wings hauser so, as classic thanos yeah not yeah. Not, not silly <laughs> not the mcu thanos i i like josh brolin quite a bit i liked that thanos but yeah i, I want to see a movie with the the thanos copter yeah the, uh, this is a thanos who would have the thanos copter but would also have the love affair with death as uh-huh. the the guiding force like you know th- that's the more fun thanos <laughs> not yes. the grim dark uh, ecological thanos thanks because that was oh. not well done <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I like that movie, but there are some problems there. But anyway, so he's he's got this whole love of death, I guess. Like, I I feel like that's sort of what the the sexy pose of death is sort of meant to represent. I guess so. Yeah. Um, Well, it's between him and God. (laughs) It is. (laughs) We're not meant to know what it represents. Uh, anyways, here's Sybil uh, entering, and Wings gets his gun, and the shootout happens. Apparently, Wings still has a whole bunch of thugs. Uh, I don't know well, how. Yeah, like the guy from earlier who we, we saw get angry about his cut is still there. So, like, he's... he did show up in clutch, right? Yeah, he showed up. He's still pro-Wings. Uh, he, he gets killed, of course, by the super gun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. After Actually. doing some screaming, like, yeah, I'm important, bitch, die, blah, 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 blah. Um, I know there's uh, one dude who gets it with the forklift. Yep, one dude gets it with the forklift. Uh, Wings turns the warehouse into a literal laser tag arena with moving targets and strobe lights. And He's, uh, he's got those cool bombs with propellers and wings. Yeah, yeah, Wings is throwing grenades with wings uh and propellers uh, they're like self-propelled it rolls yep, yep. And, uh, he's got a bear trap he's got well a bear trap in that <laughs> a uh, box a opens bear. and a giant stuffed polar bear just goes flying forward and Sybil's like pointing her gun at it but like you can see and this must have been the best take that they had she's trying so hard not to laugh and she's just like 
Like she, she cannot act frightened by it. There, there's no way that she's going to look frightened by it. She looks like, are you kidding me? This is what, what is the point? Of, she's like, looks at it for a while and holds her gun. Like, is nothing further going to happen here? Okay. Yeah, like she looks like she's like trying not to crack a smile. And like Wings does not use this to his advantage in any way. Like oh, he, no, he doesn't. Not at all. It's not a distraction. It's just like this will be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I got two more pages of shootout here. There's a lot because it's just like he's got so many crates full of weapons and just weird shit, and he can just pull little things out and the, like there are oh, like yeah, all of these got... levers and switches. When he's got the airplane grenades, the Lone Ranger theme starts playing. Yeah, which he is actually playing. Like, he puts yep. on a soundtrack. Yep. There's, like, a, a statue of an Indian god that makes, a, like, a gong sound when it's shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, so, and then Kelly, uh, who had been untied and was put in a closet by Sybil, uh, decides not to stay in her closet because, of course not. So Wings grabs her because, of course, he does. And he's, like, basically just shooting in Ruger's direction. He's like, how good of a shot do you think you are? And Sybil You better be real good. And she, she is. She is. She completely robocops him, shoots him in the leg, and... When saves, he falls. Yeah, sa- saves the girl, um, shoots him again. Again. And then he's as she's like walking away, he's like, Don't turn your back on me. Three to five. That's all I'll get. Three to five. And it's like Honestly, I think a he's a lot more than three yeah, to five. There there's a lot of dead bodies here. He killed the guy who was running for mayor. Like he did straight up murder him. Oh yeah, he did, and he is responsible for every oh he's uh, in a warehouse with so much illegal shit that he owns. Yep. Uh, one of his guys killed a cop, and yep. another one shot a different cop. Yep. He's he's not going away for three to five. He's like, I'll get out on good behavior. And it's like, first of all, no, the fuck you won't. <laughs> he <laughs> will not be. be getting out on good behavior. Please. <laughs> I want to see a movie where this character is in jail trying to get out on good behavior, and he just can't do it. He's it's like, like Charles Manson uh, trying to get out on good behavior. It's like, I, I feel like I'm doing, I, I feel like I'm really doing a good job here. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Do you see? I didn't even stab him more than once. So she kills him and yeah. then does a dramatic walk away from the warehouse while all the squad cars show up uh, into the warehouse and pay her no mind. Yep. And that's, that's it. That's pretty much the end. Uh, yeah. Cut to credits there. Um, I don't know. I think Kelly and Rosario might have done something, too, in that last... I don't know. Not really. Rosario, uh, Rosario gets there. shot again. He did get shot. I don't remember who or where. He he gets shot again, and then you think he's probably dead, and then at the very end, uh, you see that, like, hey, look at me. I'm still alive somehow. And she And, like, he leaves with Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Like, I'm glad you got out of it, guy. Yeah, and it feels like they were trying to explore a romantic subplot between them that, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the whole thing felt tacked on anyways. I mean, this cop character is not interesting. The the thing is, like, I I watched this movie twice, as you did, uh, and 
it's so easy to just tune completely out when uh, neither of our main characters are on the screen. Oh yeah, like because it really doesn't matter. Watching because I thought I had to, but now it was just like, okay, the cops on the screen. Now I'll just write down everything that happened in the scene before. Yeah. And I did write down all the cop stuff, but it's, I'm looking at the notes and I'm like, who cares? None of it matters. Yeah, no, like. <laughs> it's, Nobody it's, even likes this character. Well, none of, I don't like, know if. It, it didn't, like, none of it really was pertinent overall. Like, it, it was just like, all right, we'll have people driving around. We'll we'll go from place to place. We'll reveal, like, little infinitesimal things. But none of them actually matter to the grand scheme of what yeah, actually like, happens in the movie. And this yeah, does make it sound long and shaggy, but it's not all that long. It's not, really. It's only, like, 89 minutes. Um, yeah. It's padding. Like the first 30 and the last 30... The first 30 and the last 15 minutes are gold. And yeah, the and stuff like, in the stuff between, in between is decent. I mean, you I still like, get Sybil doing things. I like the Sybil stuff, and there, there's just some scenes of just like her driving around L.A. Yeah, and I kind of like that shit. I kind of dig that. <laughs> yeah, we we get a lot of just lesser scene L.A. and that's kind of fun. Just her tooling around L.A. in her big truck. I dig that too. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very well shot. This is Gary Graver who was an Al Adamson dude who he was the, I spit on your corpse guy. It's like, what? I shot that. Good Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the back. Uh, Frank Doubleday, who was in escape from New York and assault on precinct 13. I don't know who that is. Uh, but that's a, those are movies I recognize. I, does it say which character he plays? Because I think that's one of the henchmen. I think that might be the main sad sack henchman. He's in stuff. Oh, that could be. That yeah. could be. Jackman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the 30s guy. Yeah. What? I, I didn't lose all my guys. I still lived. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm back. What, 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 what do you what want do, from me, man? What do you want me to do next, boss? I mean... Like, I, get in the box, you fool. <laughs> I I love this movie Um, even though on the second watching I forgot about the boring bit it still holds up Um, the payoff is worth it and we make the boring bit sounds worse than it is it's really easy to just tune out of it like that's completely what I did Twitter yeah I will I I didn't even like go that far it's just like I, I just admired the scenery because it's very well yeah. shot. It, I enjoy yeah. the synthy score all the time. It's just like, yeah, this is still uh, an enjoyable milieu to be in, but nothing yeah. else that's happening matters. It's like I can kind of just like let this wash over me like white noise for a few scenes. You could actually just fall asleep and then Wingshauser's voice will wake you up when you need to wake up. But you don't want to miss a moment of him. It, it's such a such a great performance. He's so much fun. Uh, uh, he, he's in he's in full maniac mode here. He doesn't have an off switch. Yeah, no, this one he's just escalated the entire movie. It's it's great. <laughs> man, I had never heard of this man before. Tough guys don't dance, and he's quickly becoming one of my one of my favorites. So great, uh, such such a wild high wire performer. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so any final thoughts before we move on to our third section? Uh, who wins the fight between Sartana and the man with no name? Who? I feel like the man with no name always triumphs over a villain. 
Oh, yeah. Sartana <laughs> is kind of just a villain. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. And I guess we... Uh, well, we kind of see that fight anyway with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And kind of. I don't yeah. want to spoil how that ends because for, if anyone hasn't seen it, oh my god, it's such a good gunfight. Really standoff. Really good movie, but all time classic. Yeah. Of course. Um. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is great. Wings Hauser plays like a great Batman villain. He is very Batman villainy. Like it's it's a very cartoon, very comic book. Uh, super villain it's it's big uh and just it rules i i would love to see him play a modern comic book villain like an actual yeah. comic book movie because that's like, the like sort of energy that we need or maybe i feel i still feel like he'd be better suited for the dc than uh, marvel probably i mean it but, depends that the problem with marvel is that they've made most of their villains really boring or they make them too they make too them metaphorical too, like, yeah. To, to work like, like you know they can well, just be Marvel's a fun too, crazy guy that's a yeah, lot of classic marvel now. villains like wings hauser wings hauser as dr doom uh this is my campaign dr doom wings hauser wouldn't that okay. rule the big wings hauser performance is just like a really really crazy dr doom that's what i'm into okay. anyway okay uh I like, I, I, like I'm not sure who I would propose in terms of a Batman one, uh, but like I would like to see him as like a main villain because just so much fun, and th- and that's what we need. We need a villain who's actually enjoying being a villain, whereas we don't yeah. get much of that in uh, most of the modern ones, especially like the Zack Snyder DCU. They're too dour. We would need kind of one of the outer. DCU ones where they're allowed to have fun and their heroes can exist sometimes. I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker, even though it was a dark movie, his character had fun. Well, that's Nolan. That's pre Snyder. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I forgot that, like, that was a whole generation. And then there's a, another generation of Batman movies. And now another one is coming out. I'm so far out of the loop. I haven't seen anything since. Actually, I did. No, I haven't seen any of the Snyder ones. I saw Wonder Woman, the both of those. The second one's bad. Uh, and the first one's, you know, it's it's half of a good movie. I've heard Wonder Woman one was supposed to be at the time it was really well received. I thought it was kind of fun until it's just two gods punching each other for like 20, 10, 15 minutes. And it's just nothing yeah. fight. Uh, but it's it's pretty fun up to that point. It's very visual. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I saw... I saw I saw the first couple Superman ones. So I saw Superman Returns or the Man of Steel. And I didn't hate that as much as everyone, but then I was also done. <laughs> <laughs> the last DC thing I the last DC film I saw was actually The Dark Knight Rises. And I was like, hmm. that's a good place to stop as any. <laughs> yeah, I was like I I wish I had stopped with just The Dark Knight, but you know what? I like Dark Knight Rises. I think that movie has its there, there, there are good things about it. Uh, I like it's, it's not as solid, but it has a lot of interesting points. But anyway, we're we're getting pretty far oh, off of so L.A. Bounty, but you know, comic book movies is a whole thing. It's it's the current blockbuster genre, the the whole thing. So you know, it's it's where movies are now. Uh, I but want yeah, spaghetti comic book movies. Well, yeah, like do like 
in that era, in the big Italian Western era, you would get their own crazy comic book movies once in a while, yeah. like Danger Diabolic. And that's that's something that's missing these days. Mm. That would be cool. Uh, anyway, I I figure we probably said all we've got to say on L.A. Bounty. Any any I final? I think so. All right. Um, yeah, just um, well, lucky I lucky that I didn't get that Kelly Rhodes into my house. She would have so much to say about my house. <laughs> she's got she's such a complainer. Uh, she sucks. You live here. She she's that meme. <laughs> she is exactly that, that meme. meme. She uh, literally bitch, says you that live that's... here. Bitch, you uh, live like this. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, that's right. She says you live like this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> Under part part three. three. And on into our final section where we talk about some movies watched in the past week and decide what we're going to watch next week. Uh, considerably smaller batch this week than last week's uh, huge amount. Well, I wasn't sick. Well, I was a little sick this week, but not really. Yeah, we we didn't take a week off, uh, so I did not watch 16 movies. Uh, we, we just have a, a, a basic seven. Uh, also, I was watching a bunch of Criterion channels, so I probably actually did probably watch like 16 movies, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First up, we have... Nam Angels or Nam Angels, however you want to say it, uh, oh as boy. discussed, <laughs> as so discussed got... when I introduced it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hell's Angels in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did they get their bikes to Vietnam? It was very difficult. <laughs> oh, good. I don't know. Uh, they they're there on a bet. <laughs> that's that's all we know. There, there's this colonel who's like looking it's it's like basically just before the fall of saigon it's like the weeks before and there's this guy who like his men have been taken by this colonel kurtz-esque guy uh, played by bennett from commando oh the you know the 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 guy who's like freddie mercury yeah yeah i always call fat freddie mercury yeah, so he's he's like the main villain in this. He's sort of the Colonel Kurtz. He he's like this guy who's got a fortress, and he's for some reason captured all of this guy's commandos, uh, and he hires this gang of Hell's Angels who just are in Vietnam on a bet with their bikes, <laughs> and they it's them just riding through fucking Vietnam on motorcycles and you know to just like jamming circa like late 80s synth rock and uh it's you know they they gotta encounter mines they gotta have a whole bunch of bloody shootouts uh it's it's so much fun (laughs) it's like charlie on their six it's 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 completely not vietnam like it's shot in the philippines and it's really obviously (laughs) shot in the philippines like it's it's I don't know. It's hilarious. It's clearly 1990. <laughs> Their bikes are obviously newer bikes. Copy of Super Mario Brothers three in the background. <laughs> it, it's honestly so much fun. Uh, like it's total trash, but it is trash that completely delivered on exactly what I expected it to be. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Uh, next is Tough Turf sort of overlooked 80s juvenile delinquency movie with James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. Wow. Uh, James Spader is the new kid in town 
and he steals away the girlfriend of the local gang leader who's a much older guy but he's still going to high school they're all in high school it's very heightened high school and the girlfriend is kim richards uh you know the little girl protagonist of assault on precinct 13 oh the girl who yeah yeah, the the girl who's clearly the protagonist of the movie is the like real precocious child the actor, precocious and you know is going is... to be the one who's going to be the star. Yeah, uh, she's so... going to be the heart of the whole thing, <laughs> while the other people do the action bits. Yeah, so she's the girlfriend of the gang leader that James Spader steals away, and you know obviously he causes a whole gang war. And RDJ is like the guy who helps him out, and he's also just a new wave drummer. He he drums for Jim Carroll's band. It's it's weird. It's a really strange movie. Incredibly heightened. Just the gang violence is totally absurd. It's almost like a musical. Like it feels like a musical, but without songs. Although there is a part where James Spader breaks in a song and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I left the room. No kidding. <laughs> oh, man. OK. All right. Uh, that's a good sell. It's a good sell. Uh, next up, we have The Unknown Man of Shandigore, uh, which is absolutely fascinating it's a swiss spy parody but like a really really deadpan parody and Mm -hmm. it's like it's very stylized it looks very strange and it's about this guy who's created a device called the nuclear canceller so if there's a nuclear bomb sent he can just cancel it out and diffuse it in the air we so everyone wants to have get this weapon. Yeah, everyone's non weapon. This anti weapon, and you can't let it get in the wrong hands. So yeah, everybody's trying to get it. People might save themselves from nuclear weapons. <laughs> and there's, well, they they might uh, you know uh, stop nuclear weapons from uh, getting revenge. I guess they they uh, might avert mutually assured destruction. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the idea. And so you there's can't a. Have that. There's this cult of bald guys who are like learning in a spy school all of these different ways of disguise and everything. Uh, and it's led by Serge Gainsbourg, uh, the great French pop chanson singer. Oh. You know, kind of icon of 60s French cool, very strange dude. Uh, and yeah, he's the leader of the spy school. And he, there, there's a part where one of the guys died, so he sings a song for him bye bye mr spy and just like plays the church organ it's really weird great movie i loved it so much totally my vibe i'm just imagining bye bye mr mi6 spy maybe <laughs> james bond but he's all gone and he he's much cooler. i expect him like, to die this is this is a cool french song not oh cool okay not, not, not that not intolerable 90s am rock i i don't i don't hate american pie but i've heard it too many times to ever listen to it again and it's like nine minutes long uh-huh. uh next up is coco di coco da which is described on the disc uh in one of the poll quotes as being like groundhog day meets the babadook i'd say that's pretty accurate oh no okay all right yeah so it starts out with this uh, family on vacation, and they're, uh, the daughter is obsessed with this music box. She's run away and found this music box, and it's her birthday the next day, so they've bought it for her, and it's this wrapped present. And they go out to lunch, and uh, they get uh, the, the wife gets food poisoning. 
and she gets like really bad food poisoning and then they wake up the next morning and the daughter's dead because she got the food poisoning too but they didn't realize it and so she didn't get treated they wake up in the hospital room uh, and the wife's okay but the child has died and then the movie sort of this is where the movie begins this is sort of all our setup and it's them on vacation later and they go camping in the woods and they get menaced by the three characters on the music box okay and then every time they fail and are unable to get out of it and they get killed they go back to just a little bit earlier in the evening we'll get flashes of them getting there but they only go like a little bit earlier in the evening and they're only sort of vaguely aware of what happened before so they get a little bit better like they know something is wrong and they're more on edge each time but they don't quite know how to get out of it uh so it's much more limited window of time for the repeat very interesting movie that sounds fascinating pretty cool uh next is uh the monster of camp sunshine (laughs) which is a nudie cutie a what (laughs) a nudie cutie this is a whole genre that existed before pornography was was legal where basically in the the roots of exploitation filmmaking because you couldn't show nudity you'd do a scientific study or you'd visit a nude colony and he was like oh we're we're just documenting nudism but this sort of became a genre where they'd just kind of be cutesy about it and it would just be there'd be nudity and it would be sort of cutesy and uh this is sort of just a weird mutant later hybrid of it so it's like mid-60s when that's kind of starting to fall out of favor so it's also a monster movie and it's the toxic waste dumped in a stream and the the hulking brother of the lady who runs the nudist camp uh becomes a a scary monster and they have to call in the military but it's got like a budget of like 60 dollars, so it's (laughs) mostly stock footage and there's like two guys (laughs) all right (laughs) it's fun uh and this is a double bill this is a new agfa disc uh it's it's doubled with honeymoon of terror which i kind of liked more it's another quasi nudity cutie, although much less nudity in this one. Uh, it's it's this couple on their honeymoon, and we get to see some nice early Vegas. This is shockingly well shot for this kind of movie, like really striking visuals, a lot of great use of locations. Uh, so that after Vegas, they they go on like they they go to this remote man-made lake. Just like all the stumps coming up out of the water. Very uh, cool location. Very striking. Uh, And they're just menaced by this guy, (laughs) this logger uh, who who comes out of the woods and just menaces the shit out of them. Uh, Like that's the entire half of the movie. Like the, the wife lies down on the beach and then she has a flashback of the whole rest of the movie that we've seen up to that point. And then she wakes up and this guy's just hovering over her and he starts chasing her. And that's the whole rest of the movie. Okay. All right. Like halfway through the husband shows up from an errand he was running and he joins in. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Honey, um, you didn't tell me you were being chased by a man. I'll uh, guess I'll be chased by a man too. 
Yeah. Gotta, they never invite me to these things. You, you got to join the party. <laughs> and uh, last one is Detention, which is that one that's based on a video game by the same name and also about an actual historical event in Taiwan. Oh, right. Uh, we the discussed White this Terror. briefly a little bit ago. Yeah, like whenever it was at the top, this might have been the previous week. Uh, it's so the White Terror was like a, a, a seri- uh, an event where like there was a military uh, dictatorship and they heavily suppressed education and a lot of students were executed for you know sharing forbidden knowledge and like you know they'd have a book club and all of these students would be executed. That's basically what this is about. Oh. But it's also a video game movie. So there's like some Silent Hill-esque CGI critters once in a while. It's not really the best fit, honestly. It it feels really weird. Though it they don't feel like the same place. Like I can totally see the sequences where it really feels like a horror game, where like our characters walk into an area and trigger an animatic or like an unskippable <laughs> cutscene. Like there are scenes where that just happens in the movie and it's like, yeah, okay. But then, you know, it's based on a really serious, real historical event. So it didn't, I don't know, it felt really uneven to me. But it was interesting. Hmm. It would help probably if I knew a bit more about the real history of the event, maybe. Or maybe it would harm it more. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, could go either way. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, those are the seven. All right. Well, I am thinking, um, what did you say, the Coco... Coco di Coco da. That's the yeah. Baba Duke uh, <laughs> slash Baba Duke Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got me interested in that one. I, I like a good time loop story. It also has a magical cat. Oh well, there we go. Um, <laughs> not as magical as my kitty, who is being very good and not disrupting anything right now. And she has not? been very good. Yeah. So Coco di Coco da. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, so very few ads this week. Uh, most of this, like the, the Coco D, Coco Da, Shandigor, uh, and Monster Camp Sunshine, etc. Those are all uh, brand new from the most recent Vinegar Syndrome stuff that just arrived yesterday or right. day before yesterday. So it's mostly that new stuff. Uh, but we've got a couple additions. We've got Julie Darling, which is a real crazy exploitation movie from the 70s about you know, a, a teenager who's uh, very obsessed with her dad, very jealous of anyone else getting any of his attention, okay. uh, including her mom. And uh, when uh, she ends up dead, her stepmom, also her brother. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it, but it, it's uh, supposed to be really, really hog wild. Uh, and it's got Sybil Danning. Oh, OK, cool, cool. And interestingly, our next edition, Nightmare at Noon stars one wings hauser uh also features bo hopkins and george kennedy there are three survivors in this town that has been poisoned with toxic waste uh and is surrounded by the cia and they're uh the guys who are fighting back against the cia to get out cool yeah looks pretty fun uh-huh. and uh the last edition arabella black angel which is the first in the most recent Vinegar Syndrome uh, Forgotten Gialli Box, uh, Volume 4 now. Uh, so this is one, this, this is an 80s yellow, very sex-focused uh, from what I hear. 
And it's about this lady who is just really into sex. Her husband is uh, he, he is in a horrible car accident and loses the use of his legs. And so she's cheating on him and he catches her and she reacts to it by killing the guy that she is cheating on him with. And then he's into that. Uh, and then a lot of her lovers started start being murdered with scissors and mutilated. Uh, and it's not clear who's doing it. Maybe it's her, maybe it's the husband, maybe it's someone else. I don't know. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so those are all the additions, uh, but we've got, obviously, lots of other stuff. We haven't touched the main stacks in a while, so we've got no, we quite, quite an array. Yeah, I think, actually, yeah, like, before December, I think, was the last time we went into those. We we had a bunch of special cons, uh, theme weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, well... I was going to pick the second Sartana movie and I will still get to that. Oh, for sure. Let's do Gamera three. Gamera versus Gauss. Gauss. Ooh, this one's fun. Gauss is sort of the main Gamera villain. Uh, Gauss is the villain who was brought back in the nineties Gamera trilogy. Oh, okay. Although in that one, I think he's the Gauss and it's like a whole race of little pterodactyl men. Or monsters, I guess. Oh, All right, like how, cool. Like how we had a not just a regular Baragon, but a special radioactive one. Right. And so this this Gauss, uh, he has a laser ray that can slice things just perfectly in half. Ooh, like and nice. just like saw through stuff. And uh, he, I think he severs something. Like I'm pretty sure he severs a Gamera limb at some point. Oh, no. <laughs> Which rules. Uh, all right, so that that should be a good time. So next week we're uh, continuing our Gamera series with Gamera versus Gauss and the very recent and unusual horror film Coco D Coco Da. Yeah, we haven't broken up broken that Gamera box open in quite a while. It's been a few months. Yeah, I I think back in October, maybe November, maybe we did one in November. Actually, no, that might have been September. Jeez. Yeah, I think it was September. <laughs> I think it was uh, September. Yeah. Ah, anyway, and it is now 2022. Good Lord. Oh, my uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep. Thank you for all your support. It's really appreciated. Uh, and uh, keep watching the stacks. <laughs>